0: Welcome, everyone, to Comics from the Multiverse, episode 384. I am Peter, and joining me, as always, is Matt.
1: Peter, I'm home.
0: <laughs> this is a DC Comics podcast. We talk about our DC Comics every week that we read. It's that simple. Matt threw me mm-hmm. off there, but the reference that I was not expecting. I was I was trying ah. to catch my my train of thought uh yeah so coming up on today's show we have i think 10 books in total. i read 8 books but matt went above and beyond and, and yes outdid me by two so coming up on today's show we got titans beast world issue 1 detective comics 1078 action comics 1059 the flash issue 3 green arrow issue 6 the penguin issue 4 amazon's attack issue 2 alan scott green lantern issue 2 power girl issue 3 and City Boy Issue Six. There we go. There's a lot. Yeah.
1: Also, uh, Flash might have broken my brain getting caught up on two books in a row, but it also might have made me understand it better. So that's uh, well, we'll, that's g- We'll get there.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get into all the all the stuff. Uh, but yeah, big list of books again. Yeah, I, I, it was just a couple of months ago where I felt like half the month was really quiet, and now. I feel like all the weeks except maybe week one, which is next week, uh, mm-hmm. are, are are pretty packed. Uh, as I said, you know a few of the books have been ending. You know, obviously, uh, City Boys last mm-hmm. issues this week. So we'll we'll we'll, we'll see how yeah. things shape up. But
1: I feel like those those darker books, those what City Boys, Spirit World, and The Vigil, have now been replaced by the Justice Society books. Right? Yeah, so kinda.
0: Yeah, it feels like that, I guess, yeah.
1: Garrick, Alan Scott, and uh, Sandman, so...
0: Yeah, it was a straight three-for-three three swap, so... Yep.
1: Yeah.
0: It just overlapped a little bit, but mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, we'll get to tell the books. There's no news again, really, this week, I don't think. Uh was nothing I saw. Uh, I think Zack Snyder was good on about how he doesn't care if it was bots that got his movie made. He's just happy it got made, so fair play. Can't, yeah, yeah. can't argue with that. Sure,
1: people have been sharing stuff from the Flash, and like, I went back and watched Blue Beetle, and I was like, maybe I'll get to Flash. These people are doing me a favor because they're making me never want to see it. <laughs> so thank you, thank you, people on Twitter. I, I'm um, just, I'm just good. I just, I
0: have no desire to to watch yeah. most of the superhero movies that have come out oh, in the last yeah. year or two.
1: If, if I'm going to hate on something, I want to be well-qualified to hate on it. You know what I mean? But now that it, now that I'm being shown different different segments, I'm just kind of like, hey, I'm okay. Yeah. There's more interesting things to uh, to care
0: about. There's a new Godzilla movie out, Matt. And I was going to say, everyone I, mean,
1: I know that I've seen it has been like, this is an 11 out of 10 movie. So, and I've never seen a Japanese Godzilla movie in the theater, so if i have some time i yeah, might, might and have to
0: it's not out here till the 15th and it's very very limited i think my theater mm. has two showings of it and that's it <laughs> like not 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 like i don't even just mean two days No, it's two showings and that's it and it's gone so, so are you going to the
1: earlier one or the later one
0: um well i i, I have booked i have booked a ticket uh huh? so I'll, I'll i'll be there and Good. uh yeah, it's a Christmas treat to myself because we're not doing it on Ace until it's at home for the digital oh, wow. release yeah. uh, but I decided I wanted to go see it anyway because I too have never seen a Japanese Godzilla movie in the theatre I've seen many mm. of them
1: right.
0: at home but never uh, never in the theatre yeah. so, yeah. uh, but with all the buzz it's getting I, I couldn't resist uh, snapping mm-hmm. up th- and when I went to book the ticket like half the seats were gone because there's only two shows, so they're you know they're, they're filling out
1: I mean that's good. I mean it's I mean the last couple of times I've gone to the theater it's been empty. So if Godzilla's bringing people in, great.
0: Yeah. I mean I'd rather had more showings and I could go yeah a quieter yeah. <laughs> the time but you know. Not
1: half the people, I get that one.
0: Yeah. Less people the better and all that, but you know. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh, that'll be my last hurrah in the theater before the end of the end of the year.
1: Yeah, there's there's not much coming out. Like we try to go to the movies Around Christmas, like we'll go, like maybe on Christmas or the day after, and there's really nothing that's catching me. It's
0: that... it's just Wonka, or mm-hmm. your movie theater is probably playing some classic Christmas movies, and that's yeah. a bit. That's that's, that's yeah. your options.
1: So that, that's a bit sad, because, like, yeah, sure, I'll watch that Willy Wonka, but I'm not spending $12 well, on I know, Christmas. I know the strikes
0: you know? did push a few things, because Dune Part mm-hmm. 2 was meant to be yeah. around now, but that's not until March now. There's mm-hmm. a few other things like that. Because they wanted yeah. the cast to be able to promote it, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, got so, yeah. pushed back. Although, oh, next year's looking... There, there was... Uh, the Furiosa trailer came out uh, just yesterday. Mm-hmm. There, there was, TV show-wise, there was trailers for both The Boys Season 4 and Fallout today. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh do, do you think I'll be able to, not knowing anything about Fallout, except for, you know, the... Grand idea do you think i'll be able to tune in
0: and yeah I appreciate so. it? I, okay. I, I think it's clearly been designed as something for for anyone to to jump Cause, in
1: because the that i've seen it looks pretty dope like it looks kind of my it looks my vibe
0: it looks pricey it looks like they've spent money on yeah. it uh it's got an interesting cast the ella pernell's the lead but mm-hmm. it's also got um benjamin lane is from lost what's the michael mm-hmm. emerson oh uh, yes the one. Uh, Walton Goggins is in there. Kyle MacLachlan's in there. So there's, there's a interesting array of people in it. Some, some very
1: heavy-hitting character actors.
0: Yeah. Plus, uh, Jonathan Nolan is the one behind it. Okay. Which, which is... Which could go a couple of ways because Westworld enjoyed- season one was great, yeah, and then it it sort of started to really decline after that. However, I am currently going through a person of interest, which she also created, mm-hmm. and that has only been getting better the more I've watched it. And, and
1: and that had Ben Linus in it too, right?
0: It did. Yeah, he was one of the main yeah. one of the main characters. So, must- so and I, from fans of that show, it sounds like everyone who loved the show loved it all the way through, and it mm-hmm. it, it stuck the landing. So hopefully it's, it's more person of interest than in westworld based yeah. on my experiences yeah. with both
1: i was gonna say i enjoyed that first season of westworld as well uh and then i just never went back because i kept it was primarily you and some other friends were like might, might want to watch something else
0: i mean i like some stuff in season two like season two still had a lot of good mm-hmm. things in it but threes where it got really shaky and then when it came back for four, I watched one episode and realized that they were just making all the same mistakes that they'd already mm-hmm. done. And I was like, "Okay, I'm just, I'm just done." And then it got cancelled yeah. at the end of season four, and it's like, my, 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 my the biggest feeling I had when Westworld got cancelled is that I was sad that I didn't care. That's how yeah. I felt. It, I wasn't mad that it got cancelled. I was sad that I didn't give a shit. Right. Uh, given how much I was into it in season one, that was kind of a, kind of a big sort of sad state of affairs but hey so yeah yeah lots of lots of trailers coming out in the last few days and uh hyping some 2024 things so we we got Mm -hmm. plenty to to look forward to obviously uh you know there'll be comics all year there's always comics all year there's nothing to to be concerned about there uh but with that said matt we'll get to your favorite segment which is the Comicsology top 10 So, we'll look at Tuesday and Wednesday, because that's how they're split up on the Kindle Mm -hmm. store page. They're ranked by sales figures. We don't get to see what those sales figures are, of course, but we can see the rankings. So, Matt, would you like to guess what number one DC book is from Tuesday? I am. I'm going to go with the big event, and I'm going to say Titans Beast World. It is! That was easy. Yeah, those, those, I mean tom taylor during his first event i think mm-hmm. it's a little deceptive because in some ways deceased felt like an event but obviously mm-hmm. it was this, it was like an elseworld it was a separate thing mm-hmm. this is him doing his line-wide style event but in the main continuity and yeah. with with ongoing characters that he's already writing so it was actually really mm-hmm. interesting to get into it because it was like oh this this is just like another issue of titans where we effectively just have double shipping titans now with this event yeah. going on which you know
1: it i forgot that he knows how to rip your heart out and show it to you <laughs> i forgot about that because you know his his titans his nightwing and even his, his superman books all were they all air on the the lighter side and yeah they, they can get these emotional moments but there hasn't been really anything like quite like deceased uh, and I feel like Beast World's going to go there mm. just based off the first issue. So.
0: Well, we'll talk about that later. But yeah, uh, that's number one. Number two is Action Comics 1059. Yes. Number three is Batman 89, issue one. Or... Oh, echoes. What? Well, yeah. Uh, well, no, I said it that way because it's written that way. Like, on really? Comicsology, it says Batman 89, issue one, colon, Echoes.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's very awkward.
0: Yeah, that's that's it's weird. I feel like it's just a, a mistake in the format and mm-hmm. it, if, if whoever's input the data. But yep. uh, number four is Alan Scott Green Lantern, which I'm surprised wow. is uh, that high. But fair enough. Uh, number five mm-hmm. is the Flash issue three. Six is Green Arrow. Seven is Detective Comics. That being under Green Arrow hurts my soul a little bit. I'm guys, not gonna lie.
1: Guys, start buying Detective, please. Yeah,
0: Detective is, is very good right now. Uh, number eight is Batman: Brave and the Bold. Number nine is Power Girl, and number ten is Amazon's Attack.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, with Penguin just missing out in number eleven. Uh, so. Yeah. Uh, on the one hand,
1: it's a Penguin book, <laughs> so fair enough. But on the other hand, it's a Tom King book, so yeah. Know. But I do feel like people maybe the buzz has gone out, and they'll just kind of wait to see for the first trade to see where that goes. You know, I don't uh, know. maybe
0: I don't know. Uh, but yeah, that, that's the, the the DC stuff, and then City Boys down at like fifteen, sixteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it's a bit more, you know, murky after that. Uh, the first half of Danger Street did come out in collection this week, though, so yeah, uh, that's there in the list. As is Batman: The Dark Knight Detective Volume Eight. This is the collection of Detective Comics post-Crisis, uh, so it's just nice to see that still going. Mm-hmm. Um, if I if I click on it, uh, just to have a look, it says Chuck Dixon is the author of this one, so I guess he was working on Detective at the time. Okay. Uh, this is issues six forty four to six five three plus an annual. Cool. Uh, nice to see them digitizing, uh, you know, the complete runs of things and whatnot. Right. Uh, all right. So looking at Wednesday then, which is when Marvel and the rest of the industry
1: put out their. I didn't forget books. we were doing that, but I got started looking at covers while we were doing that, and I didn't. I don't have it up yet. So give me a second. Uh,
0: there
1: we go. We're good now.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to find the start of my list here cause, Oh, here we go. Did it not make it easy to find where that break was in this big list? All right, so number one on Wednesday, Matt. What are you, what are you saying?
1: Okay, let me see this because oh, there's no way that's number one. I'm not getting any Marvel at the top, so I looks like they put them on alphabetical. Shoot. Um, I'm sure there's an X book. I remember seeing it at the <laughs> shop. I'm looking there, for may, it. Maybe more than one. Matt. Yeah. Well there's Realm of X. I see that one there. Why are these in alphabetical? This is stupid. Like a comic you did me dirty. Um I'm I'm trying to get down to the X books. <laughs> I'll just say Realm of X because I can't there's no rhyme or reason to any of this radio. Right
0: that is incorrect, Matt.
1: Okay. I have no other guesses because everything's across the board. It's all alphabetical, so.
0: Okay, well, number one is X-Men Blue Origins issue one.
1: That would have been my guess had they... Uh... There we go. Yeah. Even then, no, that didn't even show up up over here. This is making me upset. I'm just going to close it out and start new. So, uh, uh, X-Men Blue, do we know what that's about?
0: Oh, I don't know. It's Cy Spurrier, who we'll be talking about later on. Uh, gotcha. Francis Manipal's involved with it as well, but it looks like... Really oh, uh, number two is Amazing Spider-Man: Gang War. Number three is Realm of X. Number four is Miss Marvel: The New Mutant. Number five is Predator vs Wolverine. Number six is Captain America. Number seven, Spider Woman. Number eight is Saga, Volume Eleven. So that that is actually a little interesting in that the trade, the collection of Saga, uh-huh. is actually beating some single issues from Marvel here. So that's kind of cool. Uh, number 9 is Luke Cage, Gang War. I guess Gang War's a, an event. This crossover. Across, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, number 10 is Moon Knight. And then there's even more Marvel after that. But uh, there's also a something is Killing the Children at 13. And then once you're past 15, you get a lot of the other indie stuff coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Crave, Local Man, Savage Red Sonya. Red Sonja's always a thing in comics. Mm-hmm it was just a very small dedicated audience who just love buying those comics with the, the almost naked chick on the front cover.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, there's a guy at my shop and I don't know his name, but they order specifically for him. And it, <laughs> and it makes me laugh all the time. So they try to his, his numbers near mine, near my pull box. And they've given me his books by accident once. And it was, yeah, I wasn't ready for that.
0: Red Sonja, Anime Schoolgirls, things like that, yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, so I looked up the X-Men Blue and it looks like it's in like an origins tile story. So this was the origin of Nightcrawler since his his little clones are taking center stage okay. right now. Okay, yeah. So uh, that was the... I don't know if you saw any of the story this week about, you know... I think I, itch-
0: saw, I saw that his origin heritage. had been changed. Mm-hmm but that's it.
1: So, so that was that book. So that makes sense why that came in so, so hot. Um, and why it was kind of all over the conversations.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, that's a comicology Top 10. A uh, lot of Marvel on Wednesday. Uh, hmm? Interesting that the one indie book we had in the Top 10 wasn't even a single issue. It was a collection, which shows you that Saga still does very well in collections. Yeah. So... There we go. Uh, that'll take us on, I think, to the books. We'll get into it. Titans, Beast World, Issue One. Tom Taylor writing with Ivan Reese on the art. Uh-huh. So this, of course, there's there's some things in here that I'm, you know, I, obviously we were always going to read the Tom Taylor ongoing anyway, uh-huh. but there's definitely a couple things in here that if you have been reading Titans, that you are rewarded for because you'll understand some references and some setup, particularly to Beast Boy. Mm-hmm. splitting himself up and the idea that if he loses any part of himself it's just you know it's taking a part of him away
1: i i love that he has seeded that through like what issue two of titans to now because mm-hmm. it made all of that stuff really land harder
0: yeah it just it, it hit so well here so th- this issue would absolutely work for someone who hasn't been reading titans mm-hmm. but even just like uh what, brother eternity and uh-huh. all this stuff like we just have so much context as soon as this starts because he's on the news talking to everyone uh basically saying oh we're the future we're sending people to to titan which but which by the way rec- by the way that's one of the, the things here is that uh we're dealing with the moon titan on saturn mm-hmm. and it's just a fun little you know little play on things because we're we're doing right. a titan's book
1: yeah, yeah i like that but i also you know despero's from titan so I was thinking is this playing into Despero right like, well not yet but yeah but <laughs> doesn't, doesn't I will say to you, always be wary of a church that has a space program <laughs> you know like they they sent these astronauts to Titan in this spaceship with money it seemed like from the church so yeah just, just be wary guys do, do any
0: churches on earth actually have a space program
1: I don't know <laughs> I <But> hope not. <laughs> I would not give them my money if they did. That's all I'm saying.
0: It would be Scientology if there was.
1: <laughs> yeah, I wasn't gonna say it. I wasn't gonna say it. So, I just remember lawyers. I didn't say anything. Yeah. So uh,
0: these astronauts go to go to Titan. Meanwhile, there's this narration kind of like summing up the the cycle of superheroes, where there's 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 despair, but then there's inspiration, and then hope, then triumph, or whatever. Uh, and that's kind of seeded here. Mm-hmm. But we get these astronauts landing on Titan, finding what looks mm-hmm. like some kind of structure, something that's been built. It's not a natural yeah. occurrence. And then Brother Eternity starts speaking in Tamaranian, and immediately we cut to Titan's tower, and Starfire's losing her shit.
1: Yeah, and it's not even Tamarinian, It's like old Tamaranian.
0: Yeah, it's like ancient. On it's... top of it. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um. Which is never good. Anytime I've seen enough movies that when someone starts speaking in a dead language, something bad's about to happen. So it feels really big in
0: scope. The Titans are all getting their boom tube ready to go to, go to Titan and mm-hmm. uh, try try and save the astronauts because there's, there's turmoil happening. There's like earthquakes and stuff. And yep. the astronauts are in trouble. So four of the Titans go... Uh, Raven kisses Beast Boy before he goes with the team that's that's going on the mission, uh, mm-hmm. which is Starfire, Donna, Cyborg, and and Ra- oh, sorry, Raven goes, not Beast Boy. Sorry, we ran. Yep. Uh, so they go, but the astronauts are already dead, and Raven senses a heartbeat. And I love the lettering on this. You just see this the tum tum. Like, mm-hmm. It just it comes in slowly and yep. small. And then it gets bigger down the page, and then you turn the page, and it's really big. Like it's you know, so it feels like it's building and building. Well, and it
1: feels like it's yeah, it's completely enveloped her her entire senses.
0: Yeah. So they all move because the entire mm-hmm. moon rips apart. It turns out that there's a goddamn well Titan, and <laughs> say Titan. I, I,
1: yeah, there's a there's a conqueror like Starro. Yeah. Um, Um, which I do like, like, I know I'm going to come off as hypocritical because we always talk about other writers just doing like, oh, this is the bad version of X. Um, however, seeing that there's other kinds of star conquerors, not just Starro, uh, I I do like what that does for the DC universe as a whole, right? Because it's a big galaxy. So Adding another one of these things, I don't necessarily think is is too much. And then when you see what it can do, and it, it's completely different than Starro, uh, I think is a nice touch.
0: Yeah, I mean Starro is already a villain, so I, I don't really mm-hmm. think it's just an example of here's the bad version of something anyway.
1: Or or a different version of. It. I'm talking like the like the Power Rings, right? You know how that kind of got out there. So the fact like this is the Necro Star, which also sounds metal as hell. Um, it was that was that was pretty cool
0: yeah so this thing appears and then Starfire is explaining to everyone and I do mean everyone like Superman and mm-hmm. Batman are all there you've you, yep. you got, got everyone in this room that's currently active and yeah. she's explaining what the Necrostar is and that ancient Tamaranians had to try and fight this thing Which was difficult, because this thing could control people. And it seems that these parasites that are being put into people's mouths are actually coming from it. Like, that's Mm -hmm. sort of part of its chain of technology, if you will. So, she whips out this big book. It's like, here, here's the star, and here's the thing. And it's like, well, how did you fight it? Well, Mm -hmm. we didn't. This did. And we find out that... And this is the thing. It's not just that it's another thing like Starro... It's that Starro and this thing fought mm-hmm. back in like ancient times in Tamaranian lore. They had a giant fight, and the fight weakened both of them so much that the T- Tamaranians were able to imprison it, freeze it into like a moon form. And mm-hmm. it seems that Brother Eternity, who we know is Tamaranian from Titans, mm-hmm. seems to worship it and wants to wake it up wants to do something you know like we were getting yeah. we're, we're kind of so getting this is where we're, we're being fed the information his, throughout the issue
1: yeah so so a little backstory of, of starfire too and this also that that tales of the titan starfire kind of added a little bit of background to this is that when when he when he blows that thing up and he's saying the stuff in in Tamaranian, she recognizes that he's saying death to x right X-Hall is the Tamaranian god that Starfire's in the image of, right? That's how she gets her, her star bolts and all of this is her, you know, when she was experimented on, it was to unlock, like, the powers of X-Hall. So just the idea of Brother Eternity being from this different cult of Tamaran, you know, that seems to be an opposition of Starfire's, you know, her, you know, whatever system she came from. I think that's another nice little wrinkle to the Titans' uh, backstories.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think this idea that he's an depo- opposing force who mm-hmm. is against what most Tamaranians believe in and mm-hmm. wants to wake this thing up for... And I'm sure we'll get further mm-hmm. embellishments on exactly what he wants and why he worships it as we get go, go through the mm-hmm. event. But... Uh, yeah, I thought that was really interesting. I thought that's instantly had a lot of cool mythology to it. The idea that mm-hmm. Starro fought it once. And when they're like, hey, this thing's on its way to Earth, do we just go get Starro? Is that is that the only option here? And they're, that, that's what Batman wants to do. And yeah. then Beast Boy chimes in and says, eh, what, your your plan is to just get another Star Conqueror to fight it? And Batman's, well, do you have another plan? And he's like, yeah, actually, I, I think I do. Give... So, Ugh. so. We don't hear what the plan is. We just see it being mm. acted uh, in the back half of the issue. Uh, Raven can sense it in him as he's as he's sort yeah. of alluding to it. But Dick sticks it up for him and says, "No, this is my team. I trust them. Let's do what Beast Boy wants." So the entire Justice League and all of the not the Justice League's active right now, but you know what I mean. All of the mm-hmm. heroes all prep for what Beast for what Beast Boy is about to do, which is Beast Boy. Well, he becomes a whale first. But then yeah. he becomes a Starro, or as he puts it, a Garro.
1: <laughs> so, so at first, when Batman is like, "We have to get Starro," I was like, "Where's Jarro?" Right like, are we is this is this Tom Taylor reintroducing Jarro? Um, and and just the way that Batman talks down to Gar and Dick sticking up for him, I really liked. Right, because that just shows kind of the difference between Bruce and Dick as leaders, whereas not that he diminishes Gar, but he doesn't take him seriously because Beast Boy's never given Bruce a reason to take him seriously. Right. He's just kind of like his son's goofy friend. So when he's thrown out ideas, Batman's really dismissive, but I like that Dick comes to, to Gar's like aid and like, no, like let's hear him out. I trust him. He's one of my best friends uh i i like that part of it and then yeah him becoming garo i i had no idea that was going to happen right it felt like a uh, so like big deal bail-
0: it felt like a big deal this felt like a lot mm-hmm. of what tom taylor did in deceased where he would use characters and ways in which felt natural to the lore but was obviously mm-hmm. in the context of a zombie apocalypse but it felt like yeah. everything came from this idea of using what's established to do something And he's obviously added to Beast Boy's lore in these past few issues of Titans to set this up. But this felt like, oh no, like, Beast Boy is going supernova. And that page, like, so he's he's in his mind talking to Raven, Mm -hmm. and Raven's basically giving him the pep talk. And she's also, like, sharing the pain of what he's doing because it's actually extremely painful for him to do this. Yes. The page after that, which is, like, this, like monstrous mix of different creatures that he's becoming as he's trying to get bigger, as he's trying to mm-hmm. become a Starro effectively, yeah, is grotesque, it's beautiful, I love it, and it's during this because Starfire is very adamant the the big problem with this thing, with, with the Necrostar, is that when its parasites get to you, it takes over, right? So, mm-hmm. When we see it take over Shazam, we're like, oh shit, now Shazam's going to be fighting for the bad guys, right? Uh-huh. Now, now, we've, now we've got heroes that have got superpowers that are going to be mm-hmm. a problem, and immediately in comes little Garrow, little green star, yeah. and goes into Shazam's mouth and, like and pull, pulls it out. Yeah.
1: It, yeah. That was a grotesque too, right? Like, Oh yeah, it's disgusting. It, it, it's leaning into body horror and I love it.
0: It's and gar even says yes yeah, this is disgusting i'm literally in like mm-hmm. ten thousand people's mouths right now pulling out other parasites it's mm-hmm. gross but i'm a it's just it felt like beast boy all of a sudden has felt more important <laughs> than he ever yeah. has done in it's, this issue
1: taylor's found his untapped potential you know um and i was gonna say about him becoming the whale that was another thing we saw in the tales of the teen titans is that issue where he runs into the guy that you know is a werewolf? One of the things Gar does is turn into a, a massive whale just because he's spreading his, you know, as before he goes into battle, it's kind of like to to prep himself, you know, size wise for what he has to do. Um, and so well, here when he says that he he, uh, yeah, he becomes a whale to okay. stretch his brain, right?
0: Yeah, here's the thought about how the whale's got a bigger brain than him. So this literally helps mm-hmm. him think and sort of plan yeah. better.
1: And so that was another thing that, like, I don't know if it was just by chance that they kind of seeded in there in those Tales of the Titan books. Uh, so I, I think that's really, you know, whether or not it was seeded in there, it worked out really well.
0: I mean, given that you've referenced two of the issues so far, I feel like mm-hmm. they probably were seeded. It feels like they were mm-hmm. setting up some details that are paying off now that we're in this yeah. event. So yeah, we get these big, gorgeous splash pages of of Garo fighting the Necrostar, and mm-hmm. uh, just just the others being in shock, uh, watching Beast Boy fly up as this giant star. Uh, it feels like this big cosmic battle, and it's a cyborg uh, comes to try and like help, basically make a giant boom tube. For the mm-hmm. to hit Necrostar into like the furthest part of the universe, like hey, go off yep. to this black hole, just stay there, and you'll never bother anyone again. It's it's the doomsday principle, right? Where just send him to another galaxy where he's someone else's problem. And it seemingly kind of works, although mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Beast Boy does lose one of his five arms in mm-hmm. the in the Boom Tube. It closes on his arm, so he's very upset about that. And it's like, oh wait, like he just succeeded, like. So, bef- take out what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. Beast Boy had this idea to fight this big thing, and it worked. He's the hero mm-hmm. here. He saved the entire universe, or at least our galaxy.
1: He, he, yeah, he saved, yeah, the, our solar system at least.
0: Yeah. He From saved, the Necrostar. He saved everyone on Earth with his idea, and it was this big glorious thing. And just when you're, like, feeling the the victory, you're feeling the, the, the awe, and you're happy about it, and you're feeling great then all of a sudden, like, Cyborg's not responding. And then Mm -hmm. who shows up? We get Dr. Hate, who was set up at the end of the last event, and specifically did say that we're going to see him next time in Beast World. This was a character being set up for Beast World. So... It was almost like it lulled you into, like, a sense of, like, forgetting to set that up. Just as, like, oh, we're... Because I was wondering, yeah. like, well, he can't win against this big thing because otherwise what's the event? And then... Well, so,
1: like, he, we, we well, no, had
0: known... Th- yeah. Then he does win, and then it's like, oh, no, 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 no. This is what the event... This is what's really yeah. going to be going on now. So
1: so what got me is I know from, from the... Uh, the little reading of the solicits that we've done, I remember hearing about the Beast Boy spores. So I just thought maybe something happened by accident. Maybe mm. as we're reading the the necro, you know, spores and the you know, the the Garo spores, maybe it's something had happened. I wasn't expecting Doctor Hate, right, to, to pop up right here and right here and now uh, and kind of be the inciting incident for the rest of it.
0: Yeah, uh, I definitely like this appearance way more than that first appearance where he was just kind of like, hey, this is a new character working with Waller. And it's probably someone we know under the helmet. In fact, he shows Gar who he is. Although he specifically says, let me show you exactly what I am. He doesn't say who, he says what I am. And then Gar says, we don't get to see who it is, obviously, but Gar sees Mm -hmm. it and says, you? How? Like, that's his reaction. So he recognizes whoever this is.
1: Yeah. That's
0: important. So, uh, maybe we could have some speculation, but, uh, yeah, Dr. Hate steps in here and does something with whatever power he has, and Raven screams out because she can't feel Gar's mind anymore, uh, Mm -hmm. says he's not there, and we just see what's left. So it's basically like his mind is gone and all that's left is the monster that he became, at the end. Mm -hmm. So now Gar himself is now the threat to Earth, because now he is actually uh, some kind of, you know, Star like being. So, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. And, you know, the the, the issue ends with uh, one of his, you know, little stars, the little parasites going inside Black Adam. And not only does it—I mean, maybe it does take control still, but there's a key effect that happens that's different from the the parasites of the Necrostar, and this is the setup for what the book, you know, the event has mm-hmm. been billed as, is that it's Beast World. All the characters who get infected are going to turn into some kind of animal version of whoever they are. So, Black Adam here uh, looks like a lion,
1: I would say? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it,
0: is it, he's got a lion head. Is the, Which makes he,
1: sense, he's does say he's a king it makes sense
0: yeah well i was gonna say he's, he's still walking on two legs though he's, he's no he's not yeah. uh but he, the idea is yeah he's, he's got so th- i think that's like okay now now you get at the end this is why it's called beast world now it makes sense mm-hmm. why it's called that and it now it makes sense that this isn't really gar that's doing this but it's like his husk and his absence because his mind has been taken by dr hate uh mm-hmm. I thought this was a great first issue of an event. I was super yeah. into all this.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like you said, I didn't make the the deceased connection of the type of big story swings that Tom Taylor does and works with. Mm-hmm. And that's what this is full of. So, like, it's, it's you know, kind of Tom Taylor 101, and I love it for that. So, uh, but, yeah, the whole not realizing about the Necro uh, star and him pulling all that out and then adding the Tamaranian. Mythology and just it made it actually feel like an event in ways that some of these other, some, like the ones that came before it, really didn't. Right? That those were all just like stories that were having offshoots. This felt like a big like dc altering event right
0: yeah and it's it really does feel like the concept came from well what if somehow beast boy infects everyone else and Mm -hmm. they all turn into animal versions of themselves that feels Mm -hmm. like it's the core simple like almost silly idea that the whole thing's built around but the way that we've gotten to that point is actually really entertaining and kind of awesome and it's it's raised beast boy up as a character in terms of what he's capable of Mm -hmm. uh I do wonder if they somehow nerf him a little bit by the end of this. Like, oh, we get him back, yeah. but he can't do anything bigger than a an elephant it's, it's now. <laughs> cu-
1: yeah, it's curious because of Dark Crisis, right? When he gets shot and he had that whole, you know, him wearing the eye patch and him having the PTSD, you know, mm. on it. So I'm wondering if that's going to be the kind of mental block that he has, Where he's like, I can't do anything like this ever again. So he stops becoming swarms and and whatever. Because he loses too much of himself. So I'm wondering if it'll be more his choice than anything else. Oh, maybe. Maybe. And then on top of that, like, we know that each of those beings, that you know, that's him, right? Each of the, the little Garos that go through. But also that giant limb that went off with the Necrostar. Yep. So there's another Gar possibly out in the far part of the universe. So I'm wondering if that's going to pop back up, you know, maybe that's the, I mean, the I, thing I, that brings him back.
0: Yeah. I don't think that the, the, the part of him that get cut off will be another gar, right? I don't think it, I don't mm-hmm. think that happens, but I could see it being, like you say, either somehow a link to them that they somehow mm-hmm. use later or possibly it's actually a link for uh, the Necrostar to come back to Earth because it's got this mm. sort of well, I don't want to say yeah. home and beacon but the idea that Gar's arm will have some sort of like connection to the rest of them right. that it can follow or something I don't know. Uh, right. I, I could see something like that maybe. Um, I I also like the idea that if all of these little stars that are part of a part of beast boy right Mm -hmm. because there's a big one but then there's all the little ones that are infecting the various characters like black adam here at the end as the example we get is Mm -hmm. that technically that means if gar comes back before they've all turned back he will be like in all of them he he will be like kind of maybe not in control but in some level maybe part of how they like save them later on is by having everyone who's infected or at least all the good characters who are infected yeah. actively try and kind of like all not reach out but like show, sh- show Gar that they care about him by all thinking about mm-hmm. him at the same time and kind of like drawing yeah. a connection to him or something like I don't know like I feel like there's possibilities here because they've set up that no no all of these little stars are all connected to Gar so, on mm-hmm. some level, maybe like sort of wrestling him back is going to be everyone kind of using them to communicate with them or something. I, I don't right. know. Like, there's yeah. there's possibilities here, um, for sure. Yeah. No, I, I thought this was great. Uh, obviously, the big mm-hmm. splash pages were great. The the Ivan Reese, he does yeah. good event art. He's he's kind of like he's like peak DC house style, I guess, in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. is Ivan Reese, um,
1: yeah.
0: But I, I think. It just, it felt like, okay, one, I like that Titans felt like pretty essential reading. It felt like I was being rewarded for knowing a lot of these Mm -hmm. details already. Um, I also felt like, because it it doesn't go into a lot of detail about Brother Eternity being Mm Tamaranian. We know that from Titans. Here, you just have Starfire reacting to what he's saying, but it doesn't actually necessarily right. you know, thingy.
1: No, it's not like he wiped off the makeup again like he did in the Titans he's just speaking old Tamaranian.
0: yeah uh Uh, that said though does he not uh say his real name in this
1: i have to go back and look i don't have it open in front of me
0: because because he says something like uh that's not my name when he's talking maybe he doesn't actually say what his real name is i'm thinking about
1: it maybe i thought he was taking a a brother eternity that that's not who he really is um because he's just posing uh but yeah, I also want to know what's going on with those spores. Like, are those were those necro star spores? You know, I that, think so. You know, because infected were, Linda.
0: Yeah, because remember in Titans, uh, they had a meteor in their church. Presumably that came right. from Titan.
1: Was from that? That's yeah. right. Okay.
0: Um, I think that makes sense. That, that makes complete mm-hmm. sense to me. That's good stuff. But yeah.
1: Where's my There it is. Titans. Um, but yeah, no, he's. He's a he's a good villain that like there's still an air of mystery to him, which I appreciate. Uh, to, you know, even though we know he's Tameranian, but why is he doing all this? You know, you know, wh- what have he done this? Did he go out and search out the Necro Star, and that's yeah. why? So he's almost you know.
0: Yeah, so like just I'm looking at the page now. I'm looking at the page now. He doesn't say yeah. what his name is. He just says no, that's not my name, implying that he has mm-hmm. a real Tameranian name. I yeah. do wonder. I mean, unless he turns out to be Dr. Hate, but I feel like Gar's reaction does not tell me it's him. It tells me it's something that's a bit more personal to either him or the Titans in general.
1: Yeah. So,
0: um. but what's, what's interesting to me here, though, is that what does Brother Eternity do now that, you know, the, the very thing that he was trying to unleash upon the world has been sent, you know, to the furthest reaches of space? Like, how does he react to Garrow? What, what, what does he make of Beast World? Because... Mm-hmm. He's been set up here at the start, and so much of the first chunk of the issue... Because this is an oversized issue, of course. The first part of the issue is all focused on him making this speech and the reveal of what's in Titan. But then, by the end of the issue, we shift very much to a different threat, and now Beast Boy himself is kind of the threat, although he's not really in Mm -hmm. there, if that makes sense. And Doctor hates the real antagonist, but... I know Tom Taylor's not going to do all this setting up of Brother Eternity if he's not going to factor into this event in a big way. So I'm very curious as to mm-hmm. how he's going to fit into the rest of this now. And what does he try and do now that his plans have been kind of foiled? Does he try and work with what he's been given in terms of Garo? Does he try and sort of pivot to that? Does he want to fight that? Because it's not the, the true god that he right. worships? Or, I, you know, I, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm genuinely curious.
1: Yeah, because... Doctor Hate and Brother Eternity have nothing to do with each other, as far as we know.
0: It's right. Unless it's him you under know. the mask, which is entirely possible. But I, I don't mean, think yeah, so. but
1: like, it's it's the way that Gar says it. I think it's someone from the Titans past. Yeah, that was you know? that was
0: exactly my thinking. Yeah,
1: yeah, and so and because the how, so it's a character that we maybe haven't seen in a minute that possibly is, as far as we know, dead. You know, so. Like, what are Hawk and Dove up to? Like, is it is it one of them? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so, because remember the it was the the gods of of order that gave Waller the power to make Doctor Hate. You know, it was a Council of Light or whatever that was. Mm. You know, so I, something along those lines or like. But with, with all the amount, and I know they don't really have much to do with each other, with Justice Society, but, like, with all the the, the talk that Salem the Witch Girl is doing against Khalid, like, what if it's the older Dr. Fate? Not Kent, but the other one. Um, is it Hector? Hector Hall? The son of Hawkman? Like, uh... What if it's him taking up the helm? You know? And he hasn't been seen in a while, but it's definitely somebody that Gar would have known from before. And I don't think he's that close with... Yeah, you know, I was, that's characters. what I was going to
0: say. Is I don't think Gar would have that much of a reaction for him. Yeah. Compared yeah. to other people. So I'm not yeah, sure. So. Uh, I mean, I guess technically... I, I was going to joke and say Roy Harper, but... I, yeah. Because I was thinking uh, maybe it would make sense that it's someone who used to be a Titan or a teen Titan. hmm But... He's in Green Arrow right now, so I don't know how that Yeah, I was like,
1: there's a lot going on with him in shoes slash Leon. Yeah. So, I don't know if they would do that. That seems to be too, too, too messy. But, I mean, it gives me a reason to not, like... I, I realize that Roy has entered the Jason mm-hmm. part where it's just fun to make fun of him. So, uh, yeah. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, so... No,
0: lots of of big stuff. I I think the scope of it felt huge. It felt like an event should compare to the ongoing book where it feels like, oh, no, this does feel like a big deal. And the fact that we're getting, Mm -hmm. I think, two issues a month plus Titans means that I think the pacing is going to feel quite nice. Uh, Mm -hmm. Obviously, I'm pretty sure all the issues aren't as oversized as this one. Maybe I'm wrong. I've not checked. But uh, there's some glorious stuff here. Uh, The the big two-page spread of uh, Necrostar coming out of the Titan moon. Which, by the way, it's really funny to me that Titan, the moon, is just now not there in DC continuity.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) It's just been ripped apart by the creature from within. But, Um,
1: yeah, but, you know, given that it's comics and stuff, I'm sure they could fix it. You know, just slam it back together with some superhero powers.
0: Yeah, but will they even bother? I don't think they will.
1: I don't know, but again... (sighs) Because I just thought there's there's so much, like, again, Despero's from Titan, you have the Legion of Superheroes, Emrah, uh Saturn Girl, yeah, she's from you. the moon of Titan. So it is a pretty big, you know, like, it is a place in DC so just to be gone now, you know? So I mean, maybe yeah. just this chunk, who knows?
0: Yeah, maybe it's not completely gone. I mean, it looks like the entire thing's going to me, the way it's coming, like that big two-page splash, yeah. the way it's, like, coming out. But I suppose you could argue that it's just the surrounding ground. Uh, mm-hmm. this, but they do mention later that this thing is as big as a continent. So yeah. this makes Which, me think that this is the entire side of the moon exploding.
1: Yeah, it could be. But God, if he's the size of the continent too, how big has Starro always been drawn? Right? Because mm. like Starro is like city sized when he shows up. So who, who knows? That, that's just one of those things I can't think about too much. Yeah. Because uh, that, means, that means Gar was the size of a continent.
0: Yeah, which is ridiculous. And also, to be yeah. fair, uh, they they do show that Starro is smaller than the Necrostar, like in the, the book mm-hmm. when Starfire's showing them off.
1: Yeah, but he's bulkier. So, like, Starro looks like what you think of a traditional sea star, whereas the Necrostar looks like a one of those kind of feathery, spindlier sea stars that you see in, like, mm. aquariums. They don't look nearly as sturdy. I don't know. Have you ever held a sea star, Pete? Where they feel they feel like rocky. Um, uh, I think so. Yeah. Although no, I don't call them so sea those... I call them
0: starfish. But yeah,
1: sure. Oh yeah, no. Well, te- technically they're not fish; they're an invertebrate. So they're they're a really sea star. There's there's no fish to them. I mean, that's fair.
0: But half yes. the, half the words that end in the word berry aren't actually berries. So who
1: cares? <laughs> True, I am just sticking to <laughs> my zoological, uh, you know, nerddom here. You know, it's not a koala bear, it's a it's a koala, you know, uh, it's a marsupial. So, same, same with the sea star, it's not a fish. But yeah, either way, uh, it is bulkier Starro compared to the Necro. So, I also like that, it, you know, it wasn't just like a darker color Starro, right? It had its own, like... Wispy, kind of. It felt evil. It had like tentacles instead of arms, you know?
0: Yeah, Um, it it looks. It just looks more gross, I guess, mm -hmm. for for lack of of a better term. It's it's got sort of spiky bits. It feels like it's got a big kind of anus mouth with teeth in the middle Mm -hmm. of it, which feels different. Which which
1: that's what it is. Knowing sea star biology, it's one hole. It does both. So, you know. Spot on there, Pete. Lovely. <laughs> also, and and not not to go into this too much too. Sea stars are one of the few creatures that can clone itself. So if you if you chop off one of the arms, but as long as it has one of the center sections still attached, it'll grow a whole new sea star off that one arm, and the sea star's other arm will grow back.
0: Oh, uh, you, th- um, you think that's maybe sitting stuff for for Beast Boy then?
1: And maybe that's what made me think it. I uh, I mean I'm I'm not going to bet anything on that's what it is. I think you're I think you're more close in that it's just a device for maybe to bring back the you know the the evil star the the necrostar in the future, you know.
0: Or uh, alternatively, the the heroes have to go find that arm because that yep. arm will have a part of the real beast boy still inside yep. it and then they can use that to get to the rest of the real him mm-hmm. wherever he right. is. And
1: that's and that's what I was kind of thinking along those lines. But again, he's Beast Boy, not an actual sea star, so yes. it's not necessarily that those, you know, laws of physics and and science apply to him. But it's just something worth worth noting, and makes me, you know, seem smart for knowing that. So I watched way too much Animal Planet as a kid, <laughs>
0: uh, and an adult. I don't think you could say about yourself that you something's made you seem smart, man. That's for other people to decide. <laughs>
1: I'm going to say that it made me sound smart. That's just that's just all.
0: Okay, well, uh, we'll we'll go with that. Uh, so, no, I think this book ends off in an interesting predicament. Mm-hmm. I think the scope is there. I think the, the characters feel that there's a lot of weight to, to the moments where Gar's leveling up to do this. His moments with, with Raven, I think, land really well. And then the concept by the end that it sets up with Black Adam turning into a lion is kind of fun and looks cool Mm -hmm. in the arts and i'm curious to see what other heroes or villains get turned into various types of creatures
1: yeah the 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 part of me that just wants to see what they're gonna do like what if one of these things get on superman what does he become you know an eagle (laughs) yeah that that's what i'm thinking um And also, just as a Starfire fan, seeing her take kind of... She's not taking center stage, but she seems to be very important, at least early on in this. Like, she's the one that addresses everybody with the Necrostar. She leads that team, you know, onto Titan and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I just... I like that Tom Taylor... It is a Titans book, right? Like, yes, this was Gar's main thing, but Starfire and Raven and Cyborg all have very important roles in the book. None of them feel like just background characters to be fair
0: we may not even see Beast Boy for a little bit yeah Uh, I mean we may I mean we may go to whatever he is and he may get like a subplot running Mm -hmm. alongside like everyone else doing their thing yeah but it's entirely possible they might not show us Beast Boy for an issue or two Uh, well Mm -hmm. well, it's just all the heroes dealing with the new crisis that's now upon them great so the Beast Crisis yeah maybe we should call it that (laughs) Beast Crisis
1: Or, I'm glad they didn't call it, like, Crisis on Beast World. You know, something like that. I'm glad that it's it feels like it's own thing. Crisis so, on Infinite. Gars. <laughs> Gars. Yeah, that would be the closest one. Because you can't say Crisis on Infinite girths. G- crisis. That's completely different. Crisis and
0: the Beast. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> If the I Middle know. Beast crisis?
0: I I, I I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Uh it's no, okay. But no, it's a very good first issue. I enjoyed it a mm-hmm. lot. Uh, both story and art. And it's... Like, I've been enjoying Titans. I think I like this even more than the other Titans issues we've had so far. It felt, felt really exciting. So, mm-hmm. uh, what are you rating Titans Beast World issue one, Matt? I'm going to come hot out the gate and give this a nine. I agree. I'm giving it a oh, nine. Oh, wow. It's very good. I liked it quite a bit. I I forgot what it was like to be into an event this much.
1: For real. I I agree. (laughs) Been a while. Been a while.
0: All right. Moving on. Detective Comics 1078 Ram V writing with Jason Sean Alexander on the art. So we're continuing this build to the hanging of Batman, the structure, Mm -hmm. which... I'm enjoying a lot, although I will say the one downside to it is that I feel like these issues have been reading very quick since they started doing this. <laughs> uh, yep. I got to the end of this one, and much like the last issue, I was like, wait, I'm at the end already? No, no, there must be more. Uh which I do think it means that in trade this is going to read like an absolute treat. Uh mm-hmm. but you know, Batman's still been walked to the to the platform as the speech is being made about how uh. You know we're not hanging the man we're hanging the symbol because batman's a symbol of the shadow that's over this city because if you mask the the problems then therefore you're not facing them and you're just accepting defeat or something to that effect uh-huh. uh and they are here is phenomenal i i think jason sean alexander is one of the sort of the best new finds for for me mm-hmm. i think recently uh just so moody a lot of atmosphere my only critique this is a very small critique in the art. I think it's actually yeah. halfway through the book because we actually cut back to the the, the hanging in the middle. Mm-hmm. Is uh, they put a sack over his head at one point, but like mm-hmm. it, there's no pointy bits for where the ears would be. Yeah, and that really annoyed me.
1: So I'll I'll, I'll dock it one minor. Yeah, because because those those ears should be sturdy enough to hold up to a perlap sack. Yes, or yeah. the, or
0: or just pierce it and stick through like i have a sack yeah. on but have the two years coming out whatever oh whatever method you choose there should have been st- yeah. something yes mm-hmm. uh,
1: but uh, i also love that the orgums are still like the Asmer still hasn't got him what the hell like they're <laughs> they're kind of like they don't know what to do because this has never happened before so i kind of like that aspect of you know a little bit of chaos is at play
0: yeah the, she says that oh i I can control what he's saying in sort of puppety's voice, which which she does mm-hmm. uh, a bit later, but uh he's not been turned in the way that he's supposed to, mm-hmm. and I can't just chalk that up to the fact that Batman spent his entire life being a stubborn prick, <laughs> yeah yeah, um,
1: and it and this time it's paying off
0: yeah the the iron will of of, of Batman so uh, yeah, obviously it cuts back to... Well, actually, should, before we say that, we, we do see the Joker seemingly watching this broadcast uh, in the distance, which... Interesting. I, I love the art here as well, just seeing his smile in the darkness. Really cool. Mm-hmm. Really
1: creepy. It's They've done a good job between this page and then what Garrods and King have been doing at making Joker mm. spooky. Not just scary, because he's always scary, right? He's He's a maniac that'll kill you. But just making him, like... In the shadows, constantly, it makes him chilling again. Or man. even
0: that panel right before, where it's the the people in the bar, wherever wherever mm-hmm. they are, that they're watching this this broadcast. These mm-hmm. two people turn around with like this fear in their eyes because they hear that laugh yeah. coming from the back of the room. Really like that.
1: Yeah,
0: it's good stuff. So mm-hmm. obviously we cut back. We we go for hours before the Batman is hired. We're getting closer to it in the flashbacks, but we're, you know we mm-hmm. we we go back about a, a, a half a day or whatever and it's and honestly this this issue reads very quick because it's all the different people involved in the plan all just doing little bits of their each of their assignments so you've got shoes <laughs> so 11 yeah you got shoes and chess uh, fighting the guys in the tunnels uh, where the mm-hmm. cages are uh, again the art looks great i, I love mm-hmm. how shadowy the mask is on cheshire when she leans down at the end and tells the guard that if you yeah. ever threaten my my daughter again I will cut your tongue out and feed it to you in little pieces.
1: Yeah. yeah. There's that because then when you see Shoes' mask, right? It, it's bright and it's got almost like a smile to it. So the fact that it's he's contrasting her mom in shadow with this ominous threat, it, it's really good storytelling.
0: Yeah, very good. Uh, Gardens keep an eye on the police. Catwoman's sort of lying in wait for whatever she's about to do. Yeah. And uh, Cass is taking on a bunch of the, the bad guys. And this is a gorgeous couple of pages. You got, you got mm-hmm. the the page of her running towards the bad guys, but then there's the page where it's just a bunch of white panels as if there's, there's like a smoke bombs went off. So it's just mm-hmm. Cass fighting the bad guys in the silhouette uh, for a whole page. It looks so good. Uh, really well done stuff. Uh, and the page after as well is really good. But she's with Mr. Freeze because least we forget uh mr freeze was yep. brought on board for, for this plan and one of the bad guys uh their foot snaps off because he's frozen the floor and it's fro- frozen the guy's leg and Cass is like hey no killing freeze and he's like ah no nah, no nah, nah. the cold takes what it wants but i'm not killing anyone maybe some light maiming but no. Might maybe yeah <laughs> no killing so that's all fine and this all basically gets to the point where the 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 family, the Argums are are debating. Well, we've got trouble in the tunnels with the cages. We've got trouble um, where the engine is. That's where Cass and Mister Freeze are going. What do we do? It's like, well, this is obviously some attempt to save Batman, and like we that's our priority. But we also we we can't. We don't want to look bad by having people like know about the cages, and we can't lose the mm-hmm. engine. So send some people to go deal with it. And as this is happening, uh, we see the truck that the bad guys were having as well. That Catwoman was watching. Azrael was mm-hmm. inside the truck, and he comes out in his bat suit. Uh huh. Yeah, this is really gorgeous. It's just you know, the like-
1: flaming yeah, the flaming sword with the Azrael armor is such a dope look. And then the way that Alexander draws it with just in the shadows, but the, it has the red eyes. It just oh man, that that's a as the as the internet says, that's a pick that goes hard.
0: Yeah, and th- so this part is maybe just what was it minutes before the Batman is hanged, right? Yeah, and it's showing that this is all to thin out the security around. Uh, so, so you know, we don't know until she does the move. It turns out to be where in himself is, but mm-hmm. uh, she's basically all of this, all these different distractions, are so that the the forces of the arguments will all be spread thin. And they'll all go to these different locations so that Catwoman can go in. And throughout the whole issue, she's been narrating about playing poker and how, like, you have to bluff, and it's all about sort of judging the other person. And
1: yeah, it's it's the art of the bluff, as told by Selena Kyle, uh, and everything that she does goes into that. Um, and this is where I don't know what to make. I don't know what Ram V is going for. Is like who's getting bluffed. Well, is, is yeah, well, doing the...
0: yeah i'm yeah. gonna to get to that I'll just uh, before we move on to that conversation though uh-huh. I, I did forget to mention that asriel t- takes on the werewolf that's, werewolf? Cl- that's yeah. the cliffhanger at the end of his part is that the, the the werewolf wolfs up and asriel mm-hmm. with his flaming sword and him are standing off against each other
1: and it's just the way that he talks right because i always imagine Azrael talking like a maniac <laughs> like just yelling <laughs> and where he's like yes come or almost he's like broken matt hardy right um he goes yes come now devil beast i can smell the bloodlust on your breath rambi gets to write this and it doesn't sound bad you know (laughs) like just for all that stuff and then they look at each other uh, and we get you know batman with the flaming sword taking on a werewolf like 12 year old me is so stoked about this it's
0: it's pretty good i i can't deny but yeah that's the big thing is that Mm-hmm. basically Catwoman sneaks in and she grabs Arzan pu- puts a knife around his, his neck he's throat, it and talks to the mother and says alright free Batman save Batman stop hiding him <laughs> or I'm going to kill Arzen here and and this is actually a great payoff to all of the stories we've had especially the flashbacks about his upbringing yep. is that the mom mm-hmm. goes fine kill him mm-hmm. he Ar- Arzen's been training his whole life to give his life for, for the cause. The, the, the cause is more important than him. And it's like, you've made this big play, you've made this big bluff, I don't care, kill him, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Right? Doesn't give a shit. Now, of course, the speculation here, and this is something that I suspect that you were getting at, is that, is Selena expecting this? And there's actually mm-hmm. more to the plan than what we're seeing here by the end of the issue. Because mm-hmm. this is the cliffhanger. The mom just walks out and says, "All right, hang the prick." And we see someone pull the lever to hang Batman, and that's where we end. That's the cliffhanger. is the the feet dangling.
1: Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's a pretty big cliffhanger. It's really good stuff. But there, there's that in the way that she says, "You've done well, my son. You you can slit my son's throat if if you are faster than the guards. But first, allow me to dispense some wisdom. Never play a hand you're not willing to lose." Yet Selena, if we can trust her narration, knows poker very well, right? And so, again, is, she, is this still part of the bluff? Is she is she pulling, you know, Madam Orgum, you know, into her game? Well, one of the things or... that Selena
0: said in the narration earlier on in the issue is that part of the bluff is that your opponent on some level mm-hmm. knows you're bluffing and thinks they're going to win and i'm wondering mm-hmm. if this ending is that playing out is that this is the moment where sh- the the mum mummy arzen mummy organ yep. thinks she's going to win because she thinks right. that oh she she this this cat woman thinks that leveraging my son against me is going to work but it's not going to work because mm-hmm. we care more about the cause than each other and that's that's who we are but that could be something that's playing into selena's plans uh, she does have. There's that great panel of her, of her eye, looking kind of shocked and yeah. u- upset. But you know, we'll we'll see. Uh, I genuinely don't know what's going to happen when we start the next issue, and that's actually yeah. quite exciting. <laughs> like, obviously, so, I'm
1: looking for. I'm looking for Gordon. I you said he was keeping an eye on the cops.
0: Yeah, earlier on, he was like passing that information along about, especially when they started thinning out. He he tells Selena that. Um, all of the the, the Argum paid-off cops have all left, meaning they've all went to these locations to try and fight, mm-hmm. whether it be Cass or uh, okay. uh, Cheshire and that.
1: Because I'm not wondering if part of the bluff is that Gordon's in the Executioners, right? And oh, he's the one that pulls it, but he's also there to get Bruce back down. Uh, you know?
0: Yeah, very possible. I mean... The stuff with Gordon, uh, I believe, was in the 10 hours before he's hanged segment, not mm-hmm. the minutes before, yeah. so maybe that does lend some credence to that. Maybe yeah, maybe, I'm, I'm... maybe he is the secret weapon here, as it were.
1: Uh, Possible. Or, like, they need... they Yeah, Selena needs them to, to call this still, right? Because it puts them off of there. But, yeah. Uh, very, very good stuff, man. Again, Ranv getting to getting to write this kind of story also and it is it's the pacing of it is is you know what are they call neck breaking speed like, yeah it's just
0: it's flowing so well because we, we're sort of framing it around this one event which is batman being walked up to the gallows to be mm-hmm. hanged and we're getting these little snippets of it each issue and then the team building to come and try and stop it and we get a mm-hmm. sense that they've got a plan they're not exactly letting us in on it quite yet which mm-hmm. is why it feels like there's still like a secret part of it that's not quite been revealed yet like oh this is the, yeah. the actual plan is this it's not this is all just the setup. this is all just the, the distraction Um, the, the, mm-hmm. I mean the only thing I know for sure is that Batman's not actually dying <laughs> that's the only yeah. thing I know right. I, anything else I don't know how it's going to play out I don't know well, how they're going to save him but I'm excited to so find what, out
1: what happens if he gets hung with the with the asthma with that Kill the asthma? So, like, maybe this is part of Selena's plan to knock that part out? Because she can't well, so talk to so him. So, kill him and then resuscitate him? Uh huh. Right? I don't know. Like, there's so many different options. You know, because let's say they free Batman, they still have to deal with the asthma with him. You know? So, that's still something they have to, to knock out. Uh, yeah, it's still fine,
0: though. I mean, maybe it's as simple as, mm-hmm. like, if they do get him back, like, the idea of Selena helps yeah. him fight it by in there yeah. and sort of giving him a tether yeah. to the world if, if you will mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I don't know uh, I, 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 honestly I'm I just like th- this this is just such a fun fast paced thing but at the same time the actual weight of what it's doing and the Argums trying to make this example of like hey Batman mm-hmm. is Gotham uh, part of me also wondered like what if, not that Selena's enlisted Joker but let's say Selena didn't account for this right let's say this was her plan mm-hmm. was to threaten our Ar- and and now it's failed because now they just don't care right mm-hmm. they don't give a shit about losing each other especially especially the mother doesn't give a shit about losing her son she's been pretty yeah. stern with him his entire life from what we've seen in the flashbacks what if Joker is this weird wild card element? Since that he's been set up at the start of this issue, now that could be in a vacuum. It could just be on its own to show that yeah, of course he'd be paying attention to this because he's the Joker. Right. But what if like he doesn't want Batman to die? He loves messing with Batman. What, what if he somehow what would I do
1: without you? Yeah. Right? Well,
0: what, what what if he's like the, the the darkest part of Gotham City in some way actually comes out to defend or protect Batman because he wants the status quo to remain kind of
1: thing. Yeah. As as much as I hated where the Scott Snyder Batman book went, that was kind of an aspect he was playing at about, like, there's always going to be a Batman, but there's also going to be a Joker. You know? As that these are not two sides of the same coin, but just constantly opposing yeah. forces in Gotham. So, yeah, Gotham... Gotham's not done with Batman until Gotham says. And not I'm, what these outsiders say. And I'm not...
0: um. Like I don't think this is likely I, I mean I do actually think the more likely scenario is that Joker's laughing at that broadcast at the start of the issue and it mm-hmm. is just in a vacuum and the point of it is is that Joker knows that this is never like you think you're going yeah. to kill Batman no 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 no. I know yeah, him you, too you're well not even doing it, <laughs> yeah, you're not even
1: doing it right you know
0: he, he's just laughing because he knows this is going to fail no matter how much mm-hmm. they think they've already won Batman will somehow find a way or in this yeah. case the people around Batman will find a way uh yeah so like i i like all the things that V's playing with here this is this has probably been my favorite arc of the of the run so far mm-hmm. i would say um yeah. well this and and it's been a
1: very it's been a very strong run though
0: too. yeah well th- i was gonna say this I, I, i'm not just ca- cutting these three issues I'm, I'm also kind of including those two issues where he was going through the city and the asthma was starting to yeah like take over and he was fighting that like these last like five or six issues have mm-hmm. been spectacular I've, yeah, I've, been, I've been loving it
1: and and I'm right I love that Ram V this is like a, the first of them I can feel that it is an actual mystery right because there's so many different things still in play like who who was the ninja that came and talked to Selena like we still don't know that you know so we still don't know with Batman fighting the asthma and all these other unknown things and I think that that's it's a different kind of story that I'm used to from Mv. Because, mm-hmm. like, yeah, he's he's good at pulling out surprises, like in Swamp Thing, right, that, that make sense in the story. But, like, having, like, actual mysteries and how is he going to get out of this, like, you know, it's very serialized. That's quite new, and he's really good at it.
0: Yeah. No, this is a super exciting story. Detective Comics is on fire right now, and, the, and I mean that in the best way possible, not mm-hmm. uh, It's Burning. Yep. That- so, yep. w- well, actually, I suppose it's backups and shit in there. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I never read the backup though, so I mean, if you oh yeah, you so
1: can... this this backup is um, it's uh, that one character. What's her name? Uh, Ico, who is working with Catwoman, and she's on a date with this girl named Bet, and they're uh, at a zoo, and they see this leopard uh, that's in the uh, in in the cage area, um, and Bet takes a phone call and she's like, Oh, it's just business. And I kind of over like, um, eavesdropping and she's talking about, you know, this drug deal that's going to go off and it's going to be in front of a school. Um, and I points it out. She's like, but a school and that's like, yeah, no, this is just, this is just business. Like, you know what your family used to, you know, what you used to do. That's just, you know, I'm not afraid to get my hands dirty. So, you know, they kiss and they go off, and Iko goes back to her room and puts on a like Catwoman suit. Uh, The ears are a bit wonkier, and she goes and she breaks up this drug deal, and it looks like Catwoman is you know thwarting this woman, Bet, and so uh, Aiko is looking over as you know the drug deal is not going off as it is, and calls her and is like, "Oh, hey, Bet." It's Ico just to let you know, like I'm busy, like we had fun, but I don't need to date you. Um, And it ends with Ico in the Catwoman suit saying like, perhaps a leopard can't change her spots, but you forget that those spots do have a purpose. And so the issue was called camouflaged. So it seems like Catwoman's rubbed off on Ico and like, you can, you can hide amongst those people and still do good for Gotham without completely you know being a complete hero like batman right um casper Winget's art is really good like the coloring the kind of pastel it gives it like this neon vibe mm. to it all um and he plays with the shadows a lot like when when she's acting as catwoman there there are scenes that definitely evoke batman and catwoman and uh, you know even though the suit is kind of goofy because again the ears are a little bit wonky compared to selena's um but yeah just a, a nice little piece of what's going on what else is going on in gotham that's not related to the orgums It's a nice yeah. little backup so yeah okay all right what are you rating detective comics i'm gonna give this a nine as well
0: yeah it's i am gonna go 8.5 mm-hmm. just because p- purely just for the reason of it ended quicker than i was expecting and i'm like i wanted more but like it's it's i mean that in the the nicest possible way but 8.5 uh the run's been excellent action comics 1059 philip Keddy johnson writing with eddie barrows and iber ferreira on the art so uh superman's got his steel suit his knight of armor kind of suit yeah uh, which doesn't last very long. He has one fight in it and then still complains that he tore through it so quickly that it's a good thing his powers are starting to come back. So, yep. uh, yeah. Uh, but the, the issue starts with some uh, bank robbers who are like tracing down the street in like a truck yep. and the Blue Earthers have got their own little team of superheroes now because they've been siphoning the powers from the Kryptonians mm-hmm. And but they're more vicious. Like the the, the criminals start begging for like, oh, Mercy, okay, you've got us. Like, we're, we're done. And like, hey... We're not Superman. We don't do this mercy business and they're being extra vicious. But then Superman and Steel show up and it becomes a bit of a bit of a fight and a, you know ultimately a standoff. The super family also show up to help and it basically all just kind of ends with the p- people filming the event on their phones and Superman making a bit of a speech. However, the big thing that happens before the end of this is that uh, uh, Othara, yeah, that's her name, mm-hmm. uh, she has like a weird vision moment where the leader of the blue earthers, uh, this, uh, stone lady shows yeah. up and is basically like, yeah, you've got anger in you. You, you aren't like the rest of those Kryptonians. and is effectively trying to seduce her to the dark side. And yeah, she doesn't really say much other than just is kind of like confused by it. And is sort of denies it, but she kind of goes up saying, no, 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 you were you you had a big chain on Warworld. you still wonder how big it would be now if superman hadn't talked you out of it she's really trying to like stroke her ego and be like okay look what he
1: took from you yeah you were you know you you killed people to defend your brother you weren't afraid to to do what needed to be done and the part that got me is where she says you miss your chains you'll take towels and wrap them around your wrists at night and i was just like god kennedy why are you why are you making this so dark, man? <laughs> like, you just gave me Superman in a suit of armor? That was dope, and now you're you're messing with this poor girl? So very, yeah, man. And that went places I wasn't expecting. Yeah.
0: And this is all in her head, but obviously this is a real bit of communication, like, it feels like. And she mm-hmm. even leaves her, like, a necklace, which uh, the kid has after the scene. And it's like, okay, all right. Yep. So we're building to something that, obviously, the villain wants to do. The question is now for us is, like, is, is Rag going to be tempted by this? Is she going right. to be swayed to do something bad? Uh, but, you know, uh, interesting stuff. Uh, so, yeah, Kara mentions she feels a bit woozy, and obviously Clark's not been feeling great. It does feel mm-hmm. like the powers are being siphoned. This isn't something where they have completely just developed how you have Kryptonian powers. It does seem mm-hmm. like they're, they're, they're stealing They're drawing them. them
1: away from them like a battery right like that superman and supergirl are the battery and when it drains them it you know takes their energy as well
0: yeah and she's on news doing propaganda later in the issue and mm-hmm. lois ex- explains they've even got like a doctored version of the of the stuff that was filmed by the fight yeah. to make it look yeah. the super family were the bad guys and causing all the damage and it's all mm-hmm. just this smear campaign so it really sets this stuff up the big thing though is when Lois and Clark are looking at her and Clark keeps saying, you know, she still looks familiar. There's something off about uh-huh. this. And then all of a sudden Lois says, you know what? She looks a bit like Bruce.
1: And, I, and at this moment I was like, where are they going with this? <laughs> What's going I, me, on? Me too. Me too. I got very confused and be like, well, Lois, you, you don't have to like your husband's friend, but don't slander him. But no, you know?
0: um, so cl- clearly we both forgot this one shot that tied into yep. Warworld, World, uh, the Authority Superman special one shot, uh, which this is actually Batman... Uh, Natalia Natalia's daughter from another mm-hmm. Earth, uh, as the later page calls it, Earth Al Ghul, which, <laughs> very good. Yep. Uh, so that, uh... so this, this is a... And she, what was it? She's the... Uh, the empire of See, shadows John, that's that's uh, yeah, the, Jonna, the group
1: jana argol of
0: the empire of shadows yes empire of shadows wow. so this is an even bigger worse version of the of the league of shadows league of assassins whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it and she's now waging this this war on you know on this earth Superman. Like, yeah. yeah so um, but then Othara starts to get wrapped up in like weird energy coming from, but presumably, the necklace that she was given. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's teleported to Erthal Ghul. This is the final page of the main story. Mm-hmm. And uh, this, this stone's here, and she's like, all right, hey, you're about to learn what's going to be wanted of you and, and whatnot. Uh, and it's like, let me tell you about my father. And there's a giant statue... Of of well mm-hmm. both Batman and Razal Ghul in this palace, but mm-hmm. yeah, so yeah, uh, this was a really interesting development. I, I it's, it's it's fun to see Johnson sort of go in this di- this direction. I, mm-hmm. I I find it fascinating that the main villain in this Superman story is an alternate world version or not version, but someone with ties mm-hmm. to a version of Batman. Right? It's yeah, you know, it's like well,
1: it's it's essentially Dark Damien Right? Yeah, effectively,
0: it's... yeah. But yeah. I think what I like about it is that I would never have predicted that just because I'm expecting a Superman villain. But no, this is actually yeah. someone that's more connected to Batman. Well, it felt like a nice and, and when you think
1: of, yeah, And when you think about what Talia and Roz stand for about Earth, and it's about, you know, leaving, you know, tearing down, tearing up the sickness, and then them seeing Superman and the people from War World as a sickness, you know, everything tracks. I just completely forgot about the Empire of Shadows. Um, assuming I read
0: this issue. Uh, I, yeah. I, I'm assuming I did, because the, the editor's note says that it's in mm-hmm. the Warworld like saga trade. Yeah. And if that's the case, then I assume I read it, if it was that connected. But at the same time, so, I don't remember reading a book called that. It, but... came,
1: it came out two years ago. Oh, uh, it came out in November of 2021. So Okay. Because once they showed her... And the stuff started clicking, and I was like, "This feels, feels familiar, but I don't remember reading this book." But like, I, I remember broad strokes of it, but not the full thing. So, so, um,
0: yeah. Here's a question, Matt. We only have one issue of Johnson's action left.
1: Uh
0: huh. Do you feel that this is all? This entire run is going to be wrapped up in one more issue.
1: I. I feel like they're going to if because I don't I don't remember anything in the solicits that we're gonna be getting a special there's, no, you know, there's
0: I don't think there was anything in the solicits but I, I do genuinely wonder if there's like a book to announce that sort of spins yeah. out of it that they're just waiting till this final issue comes out or or close to the <laughs> final issue to announce it
1: I hope so because I know he's told people like keep an eye on green line and war journal that's kind of like his sure he's He's showing that, like, the part two to his big story that he's doing across the DC universe. Um, However, if this just ends, it's going to, like, if it's rushed, because this felt kind of rushed, too. So I was digging Nora Stone as a villain, um, as this Blue Earth person. uh, And so just to have her immediately be revealed as, you know, Jonna Algol, it's, I don't know, everything's very sped up. Because I, I love the story. Oh, honestly, I don't. Honestly,
0: yeah. I didn't think it did feel that rushed to me. I, I thought this was fine pacing wise. I just don't feel like there's only one issue left in this story.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I just don't feel that way. That's what I'm saying. That's where it feels. Knowing now that there's only one issue left, I, I, it, I, I don't know. Because there's there's no way unless he unless they give him the full issue, right? Because we've been getting two backups per action for a while now. Mm-hmm. so unless they give him the full issue that's the only way he could feel like it would be fulfilling but then i still feel that he's put so much stuff in motion like with the super family and also otho-, otho and osal ra i don't know Like so yeah maybe there's a super family book down the line where he's going to continue this i don't know yeah i i don't
0: know it just it feels like this feels like one of those things where there's like a separate new series being launched afterwards that continues mm-hmm. the story while action gets to, to be this rotating creator thing that they're going for. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I genuinely don't know. I'm actually looking at December's solicits to see if there's mm-hmm. a, got you. an indication you in the action thing, assuming that the action solicits are in here because I know December's yeah. got that weird thing. So, so yeah, so 1060 is here. Mm-hmm. Uh,. There is backups. Uh, oh, well, okay. okay. Technically, those two because the annuals are as annual Well, in December. Uh, okay. So we're getting an Let's... annual, which uh, is seemingly going to be the wrap up to this arc. But yeah, so okay. it's a, so it's a double sized annual. As, as
1: okay, I feel a little bit better now. Okay. Because I feel like he can he can do that with an annual and an, another issue.
0: Because that well, that's effectively three more issues. If you're getting one regular yeah. issue and then you're getting. A fifty-page final mm-hmm. issue—that's effectively three regular issues. So, I, yeah, it's okay. I could can see that a bit enough to tell the rest of this arc. Mm-hmm. All right, okay, okay.
1: Um, but while while you were talking about that, i to say Superman in the suit of armor with the sword. Uh, just you know, knowing that he's the unblooded sword on top of it, it's just I'm glad that Philip Henry Johnson could do this before he was off of Action Comics. Because yeah. again, that's just such a cool vibe. But and then the the thing that Steel creates that's like a Superman charger. I thought that was really cool. That was a nice little piece of technology that mm. it it siphons the Earth's rays and then it um, concentrates them so he can kind of get a full charge if he needs it. So the idea that that thing is kind of there, you know, should he need it in the future. I, I like that that was another addition that he's added there. Um, and, and yeah, and all the stuff with, with the twins. That's, the you know, when Nora pulls her into whatever realm they were in and is telling her how she misses the chains, I was like, God, that got dark. You know, that was like, yeah, world, on, world
0: dark. Honestly, the only critique I really have is that I feel like these suit sort of armor almost feel like a bit pointless given how, like, how quickly yeah. it was, okay, when we're done with that now. I was like, ah, okay, it mm-hmm. felt like the ending the last issue, felt like it was setting up for a little bit more than that, but okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that's my one real critique of the, the, the main yeah. story, when, but...
1: When they release the action figure of it, I will definitely own it.
0: But, yeah, I, 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 I like the Nora stone reveal. I, I thought it was an interesting mm-hmm. pivot, uh, even if I didn't remember or possibly never mm-hmm. read the, the, the setup for F- her, all that time ago. It was an interesting kind of... Like, okay, okay, so this is... A... A Batman kid from another Earth, where she's full on Razalgul pilled. Okay, right. We've we've got mm-hmm. a interesting development there. Uh, first backup is the second half of the super, the new Superman story with Keenan, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. or Kenan, as Baxley yeah. rudely corrects us all on. uh Baishi, yeah. Uh, um. Yeah, I never learned to say his name properly either. But yeah, it, no, but
1: but the fact that Keenan's okay with us calling him Keenan, I do like. I feel that was Jane giving us Westerners. You can call him Keenan still. Uh, you know, uh, de- definitely an interesting development that he. It seems like through enough meditation, Keenan can't die. Right? Because uh, in- it
0: depends. Like he. He, he so he goes to like kind of like where the, the the two bridges of the afterlife are and uh-huh. I Ching who of course was his like mentor is there mm-hmm. to sort of guide him and he's like ah nah don't worry you're not ready to die quite yet you're connected to Superman you can sort of get your key energy going and he wakes back up so basically what happened is Ken died because anyone who learns that Superman is Clark Kent will be killed because Lex did that whole thing right in action comics mm-hmm. uh I, I didn't
1: realize it caused instant death, though. So this is going to add a bunch of trickery, which I do like. You know, because we'll get to that. I there, mean, but
0: it was nice, Alex, not to to like make a big list of superheroes that should know who he is and not affect them. Yeah, and it, very yep. convenient.
1: Yeah. So that that reveal was a little bit because, like, I understand people having issues when they figure out that that Superman is is Clark Kent. Clark Kent is Superman, like like Perry did, right? Perry ended up in the hospital, but it wasn't an instant death. So yeah, it's a little, little bit of a wrinkle, but I do like what it I do like the story that we get out of this with Keenan and the super twins, he only kind of likes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's basically, you know, uh
0: yeah, China's Batman shows up because mm-hmm. he he got a mm-hmm. reading from Robin Bot that, that the new yep. Superman was dying. His heart stops. And obviously he's here, he's fine, so that gets squashed quite Mm -hmm. quickly. But he ends up fighting the others, and it's actually Robin Bot who pulls New Superman aside and says, hey, you can't tell him what happened, because if you give him even any vague details, he will investigate it and figure out that Clark Kent's Superman, and he will die. So you have to figure out a way to trick him and make him drop the case. So I thought that was an interesting wrinkle. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I think the idea that if anyone finds out Clark Kent is Superman, they'll just die, is really extreme, and I do think that's kind of stupid. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, so I mean, we'll well, I mean, we'll see if anyone else even plays with that at any point. Sort of- I,
1: I do feel like with Luther being in jail, I figure when he or jail and he was out, he's in the hospital now. But I feel like when Luther gets released for whatever reason, I feel like he'll undo it. That feels like a Williamson thing where he put in this thing yeah, maybe. just to have a character and do it by the th- end.
0: Th- this, this instant death thing, though, I feel like something they're just going to forget about and then it, it'll come up in a way where, like, someone will find out and they'll, nothing will happen and it'll just be yeah. because they, they've they forgotten. Either they forgot or they decide, yeah, you know, let's just forget. Let's just choose to forget that thing mm-hmm. because it's just going to get in the way of other stories eventually. Yeah. But for now, like, I, I had a decent amount of fun with, uh, with what this did. <laughs> Um, yeah, but actually, being pissed at Keenan and feeling like Keenan's mm-hmm. picking his new super family over him, uh, mm-hmm. was an interesting little beat. And it does that thing where Keenan's quite happy about being part of the super family. That explains how yeah. he's with them in these previous arcs and action comics. But that last mm-hmm. panel does look, you know, a little. It looks a little dejected that he's kind of left his friend feeling betrayed to to yeah. be here. So. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I like that Jin Yang got to tell the story of how Keenan ended up being joined. with the rest of the family. I, I think it's yeah. nice he got to do that.
1: For sure. Um, and just the stuff with, with, you know, they keep calling Shi like, the chubby Batman mm-hmm. and stuff. And I was like, man, these kids are mean. So I like that Yang is really taken with the super twins that, you know, they, they still don't have Earth's manners quite down yet. No. Uh, it's not so, even like they were raised
0: fun. in a good civilization either. They were raised in no. you know, blood cutthroat cut right. fighting war world. <laughs> uh huh. They had to grow thick skinner, right? <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, I just like that that in here that it keeps coming up and uh not okay with it though either because that's his friend too. So I, I did like there was a little bit there, but definitely an interesting way like him having to stop by she from it from realizing it because it will kill him, he doesn't want his friend to go. Mm. But yeah, the whole the whole I Ching thing uh, about the meditation and focusing your key—it's not your time yet. I thought that was all very interesting, you know. Uh, especially after reading Spirit World and having a you know the the you know more Eastern perspective on death. Um, no, that was definitely a, an interesting thing that Yang threw in there.
0: Yeah, uh, and then there is another backup which I did not read. I don't know if you did.
1: <sighs> yeah, I did. <laughs> you didn't uh, sound very happy about it. No. So it's it's John and it's it's John being sad that he really can't see Jay because Jay's been so busy working for Steelworks, and and uh, John's also been kind of like babysitter um, for the super family for the for the twins while Clark and Lois are busy, and so. He starts, not that he feels resentful, but he's kind of like, Jay, like we're supposed to spend time together. And they start texting one another and he's like, well, I I shouldn't leave, but I could, I can meet up with you and we'll talk. And it's very overwritten and it's very melodramatic. So I looked up Dan Parent and Dan Parent comes from Archie Comics. And that's exactly Mm. what this feels like. This feels like an Archie comics take on the relationship of Jay and John, which I loved when Taylor was doing it. Um, And, but it's very wordy and like, there's a lot of when they're texting each other, there's a lot of texts to read as they're going back and forth and being upset that they can't be with each other. Um, And so finally, John, John sets up a dinner, uh, like a Mexican food dinner for him and Jay on like this terrace uh, overlooking the city and Jay gets called in right after to go um, right after to go back and work for seal on some, like there's some computer issue, uh, him being like the, the communications manager, he has to go fix. Um, so before he leaves, John takes him up and they fly and it's a very sweet moment. And then uh, Lois and Clark are both like, well, where, where the hell's John at? Um, and ends up finding him. Uh, he meets back up with, with Jay uh, at the end. And they're, they're snuggling on this terrace, you know, both passed out from being so busy with life. Uh, yeah, just very overwritten. And it's got the art by um, – the art that you don't like. They, they did Power Girl. Um, they did that Wonder – or that Superwoman special. During future state, oh, why am I drawing a blank? I don't have the book open in front of me. um But yeah, it's all very—you know—I'm gonna have to open it now. I don't Damn have an it.
0: answer for you, Matt.
1: <laughs> I know. I was—I was ready for you to bail me out because I thought you had it in front of you. Um, but yeah, I'll find it. Give me one. Oh, Mar- Margaret
0: Savage. There you go.
1: There you go. It's Savage. Um, it's so all like the arts. Done, it's just it's taken up by a ton of these word balloons and it's just it's very for for a backup it took a long time to read so and it was okay like it wasn't bad but i also i wouldn't go looking for more of it uh and so that's why i was like what is else what else is dan parent you know written and a lot of archie stuff he created the the kevin kelly character uh, which was the first out character in Archie Comics. So that's nice that he's writing John and, and Jay and stuff. It was just, I don't know if the Archie tone matches Metropolis. Mm. So, but yeah. Okay. So that was that one.
0: All right, Jeez, That's finally action comics time. Um, what are you reading action comics, Matt?
1: I'm going to 8.5, mostly for the first two stories. Uh, mm. So yeah
0: yeah i think i'll go with the eight out of ten i enjoyed the reveal and the main story it was a bit out of left field but i i still mm-hmm. kind of enjoyed it for what it was um like what it's doing with the whole media smear campaign of something you know, someone attacking superman and the super family's like public perception liked all that stuff And the backup with with keenan was good too so uh eight out of ten for me the Flash mm-hmm. issue three, Legacy eight hundred three. This is Cy Spurrier mm-hmm. writing with Mike DiAdal Jr. on the art. So uh, we'll see if we can make sense of what's going on in the Flash because uh, issue mm-hmm. two definitely left me feeling a little bit lost. Uh, this issue is a bit more focused, which I appreciated. Yep. Um, I was kind of, I won't say dreading reading this, but I, you, know, I, you know, I I like the first issue despite it being very wordy. Second issue, mm-hmm. I liked less and thought thought that the wordiness and structure got in the way of of me really enjoying it. This issue, I think, is back closer towards the first issue where I think it, it flowed a bit better. Uh, it's a bit more focused. Uh, there's some mm-hmm. genuine comedy at the start where Flash tries to do a, an impression of Grodd and Terrific points out that it just sounds like his Batman impression. So then he just uh-huh. starts doing a Batman impression. Uh,
1: God, just the, the way that the font goes with that too. Yeah. Like it's it's like dripping the darkness. And I knew exactly what he's doing, the Christian Bale voice. Yeah, yeah. You know? So uh very very good on that one.
0: So yeah, it's okay, but he's talking about Terrific about this anomaly, this this light thing that's appeared right mm-hmm. above the flash statue in the park. And they're looking into it, they're talking about what it could be. Uh, Wally's like, just spooky Speed Force stuff, I guess? And Terrific's like, no, that's not science enough. We have to science the shit out of this. And then Max Mercury shows up uh, to offer his input, and he decides to use his powers along with Wally to to go with Wally because Wally's been kind of like teleporting somewhere. Like That's been one of the things that's been happening every so often. And He goes with Wally to this place, but they realize quite quickly that this isn't another dimension. This isn't like an alternate Earth. This is still their Earth, but looking at it through what they call a different lens. So there's all this like purple stuff all over the place. And Mm -hmm. it ends up raising this question because they they, they leave this place because they see something running at them very quick. And they they both get this feeling that something really violent's coming. So they, Mm -hmm. they pull out of here as quickly as they can. And then Bart's there, and they deduce quite quickly that whatever this place is, this other plane of existence that they've went to, Mm -hmm. that violent thing that was running towards them was Bart. It's the idea that Mm -hmm. whenever they use the speed force, it's doing something bad to part of existence that maybe they've never really considered before, and it's causing damage. At least that's what it appears to be right now. And I'm like, okay, this is an interesting concept. Like, I, I you know, this yeah. idea that there's a price for them using their powers and whatever. Obviously, they're going to keep using their powers because they're comic book characters, but I'm curious mm-hmm. to see what where this is going. At least I was yeah. intrigued by that.
1: Yeah, so the idea that wherever they're going, I also like that. essentially from the last issue. So I read issue two and then issue three back to back. And I do think that it helped issue two having that right in my memory sure. when reading this, because what Max says is like, it's earth from a different angle. Right. And so that's why everything seems a bit off. And that having Max being the guy instead of like Barry or any of the other speedsters with him is Max looks at the speed force, like a spiritual thing. Right. Whereas terrific's looking at all of this through a science lens and it's through Max that Wally's able to, you know, realize, Oh, that's Bart. And there's, each action has a reaction and so they've been using the speed force and cutting through whatever this dimension is this other angle of earth for so long. Like what, what have they been doing? And I like that Max's kind of thing is, is like, well, we never really stopped to think about it. Um, and you know, but if they're going to stop and think about it is, is that going to change anything right is being aware of what they're doing going to change anything that's going on in there Uh, Mm. i like that whole whole point of contention here
0: yeah and going along with the issue being quite funny is that here when bart shows up he sees this light thing this anomaly Mm -hmm. and says oh man i'm going to poke it with a stick and that's, <laughs> that, that's funny on its own, but it ends up being paid off really well at the end of the issue, because after this, uh, Max uh, and and Wally go sort of back in, kind of, mm-hmm. and they end up with uh, one of the gorillas that was working for Grad. but Grad mm-hmm. is... Or, sorry, this this gorilla, though, is like... like Parts of him are kind of uh, like cut away, and his speech bubbles yeah. are all like this as well, where there's just you know, these chunks, these triangles mm-hmm. that have been taken out of them. And we hear this voice say, oh, what a pathetic little monkey. Um, Don't worry, he's going now. And he, he basically kind of folds and they, they realize, and I actually really like the effect on the lettering here for this voice where it, all mm-hmm. of the bubbles are kind of at this angle and there's like a heavy drop shadow on it. So they all yeah. look like they've got this kind of...
1: Almost like... them.
0: Yeah, almost like there's like a slight 3D effect to the bubble itself mm-hmm. where it's kind of at an angle for every single time mm-hmm. it shows up. Uh, I like that. But, yeah, basically it's taunting Wally and, and Max, and they kind of deduce it's the folding man at a certain point. Uh, mm-hmm. But they're, they're really struggling here, and they end up somewhere else, and those red alien-looking dudes that we've seen before mm-hmm. are, like, watching from the top of this rock, and they're like, oh, shit, we're... Here at the speed point, like the powers are fading. Like I don't have enough Speed Force energy to get us home, and Max gives Wally all of his Speed Force power to get mm-hmm. home, um. But it doesn't actually seemingly work. He he ends up in another weird alternate place where there's a statue of every single speedster, like every Flash family member, uh, uh-huh. and even some Titans, and. Now, now he's like at the end of like existence for the flashies he's, he's he's at the end of the story or something he doesn't know how to get back and he's 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 getting really you know freaked out by it and then the end of the issue that pulls him back to reality because it feels like he's trapped here uh-huh to the point where he's sitting down and saying please um this stick touches his face and the the, the panels kind of bend and then mm-hmm. that rips him back out into the real world. And it turns out that Bart poking the thing with a stick was like this tether back to the real world that Wally was able to kind of, like, not even intentionally, just kind of... Right. You know, it just kind of poked him back into reality. And it's like, Max is now trapped in this, you know, space between spaces and mm-hmm. Wally's here now kind of freaking out about that. So they have to get Max back for a start, but... Yeah. Super interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so he also thinks back to what the, the stillness, those aliens that talked to him at the beginning of issue two. Yeah,
0: these were the ones that were color coded. There was a different color, the, each
1: one. Yeah, that they they called it like some kind of membrane. Or I forget the, the actual term that he uses. But Wally remembers what it's called. That's what gives him the idea. Like, this is something to them. And that's, that's where they're all operating out of. And then there's another theme throughout that Spurrier's using about time. Like when they're in the folded place, mm. they, they talk about knocking the time out of them and all those other. There's just there's a lot of concepts at play here. It's um, it's
0: super sci-fi in a way that yeah. Flash, oh Flash is always a little bit sci-fi for sure, but this yeah. feels like it's it, it's going into something else here. Yeah, the idea that yeah. like there's like a membrane to reality that every time the mm-hmm. speedsters are using their powers to go through it, they're mm-hmm. like destroying the. Uh, the, 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 uh, the the brain cells they are showing
1: parts of it yeah. yeah and that and two that the it's kind of like what zoom would do right because zoom from you know uh, Hunter Zolomon he didn't use the speed force he moved through time and that's almost like what Wally's doing in this other realm it's almost like he's blinking in and out of ours mm. but when he still moves he's, he's again he's moving through time um yeah, just a lot, of, a lot of things to think about. This I definitely prefer this issue. Issue 2 was kind of a down, just because there was so much he was throwing at you. Here where the ideas are starting to come into play, like when he ends up in that garden, and it's almost like it speeds to heaven, you know, because he's almost, Wally almost gets tricked into being at peace, you know, and that's where he's kind of yeah. sitting there. He wants to get out, but he's like, but I'm so tranquil right now. It's Again, it's like a stillness. Like he doesn't have to do anything. Um, and it's like, and is that what, is that what the end of the speed force is? It just is. It's peace. It's happy. It's, you know what I mean? it's, it's in action but not like in a in, in a it's a mindful inaction yeah. almost
0: or is this just a trick from the stillness to try and make him stop mm-hmm. running the idea that if he's content right. here he will stop running and he'll stop Yeah. ruining their reality or whatever it's like yeah there's, right. there's some interesting stuff here and I feel like once we have like more of a more of the information, and we see more of the aspects of it, and we have more of a solid mm-hmm. idea of what's going on. Right now, it is very much bathed in mystery, and there's a lot that we don't understand yet. And it is a lot to try and remember between these issues. And I think issue two really suffered <laughs> for that for me. But yeah, I thought this one was a, was better at being focused and telling more of a clear story that had a good setup and payoff with the the whole bar and the stick thing. Like it's really funny, yeah. but it's also like a good little payoff to that where that pulls him yeah. back to reality. So, yeah, interesting. I'm going
1: to poke it with a stick. God, impulse is great. We don't have enough impulse in, in our comics right now. So the fact that he got to be the hero here by poking things with a stick, uh, that's good.
0: Yeah, so... Uh, and I think that's even a call. Isn't, isn't there a line at the start where Terrific says to Wally, don't poke it or don't touch it with
1: anything? Yeah,
0: yeah so it's like a yeah. double...
1: Uh, you also just reminded me that the... Uh, the terrific scientists are arguing about what to do. And when Max shows up, he's like, Hey, your logic and reason people are about to throw fists over there. Uh, I thought that was another, another fun little line. So, uh, yeah. but yeah, no, this made it, that made it fun to read in ways that the last ones weren't. So I think I'm going to stick through flash just to see where yeah. this goes. I, uh... Cause this was the make or break issue. Cause after two, I was kind of like, I don't know. And I, I read this last, this wasn't the last books that I read um and it really hit and i don't know if that's just because the inclusion of the other speedsters right of max and mm-hmm. impulse and and that stuff and i'm just on mark for that yeah i will say um, so
0: I, i'm enjoying the art a lot i, I really like the adult Juno's art i like how mm-hmm. sort of moody and uh, different it feels like it's very different from what i would usually expect on flash and i like that it's a it is different mm-hmm. from the last few runs um i also They've had this consistent style with the layouts, where there's these extra panels at this around mm-hmm. the edges. So it's almost like if if you imagine a margin around a comic book page, yeah. where there's where all the panels end. All of these pages have random extra panels sticking out, but not all the time. So there's still some negative space, but it it gives it this. I think the more we're reading the story, the more I'm seeing thematically why this has been a choice that they've made to be a mm-hmm. consistent thing, is that it's almost like. These are the parts of the world that are outside the edge of the normal part of the page. Even though I know mm-hmm. most comic books now don't have margins in most of their pages, most just use the full page. But old okay. school comics had the white margin, right? And this right. book feels like it has the white margin, but some panels are having these extra bits that are going into it, and it
1: feels yeah, like it's the space between.
0: Yeah, it's representing the the extra layers of reality almost, and that there's spaces mm-hmm. outside the normal part of the story uh so I, I think that's really cool uh so there's a lot of smart stuff going on here but it does feel that like there's also a lot of things being juggled and i remember reading mm-hmm. issue two and thinking oh god i'm trying to remember all the things that issue one introduced yeah. and it, it was it, you know it was it was tough so yeah uh i'm definitely read the next issue though I, I think i'm enjoying the big heady sci-fi stuff that it's doing uh but it is definitely a bit wordy at times uh mm-hmm. although i don't think it, it, it's been as bad as it was in the first issue though
1: no, and it helps with added to like to break up that wordiness is the humor, mm. whether it's Max or the scientist or Impulse or Wally himself, like you know, and because that when you have the humor, then it makes the like seeing the gorilla get folded in half that makes it you know that's startling. That's why comedy works well with horror, you know. Yeah. These little 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 pieces of space to reset, uh, and I I figure. Uh, Figured that spurious figure that out a little bit after you know info dumping in the first two but it definitely it feels like a flashbook like i haven't read before because it, it's doing stuff with the speed force but not as we know it right like i don't know how much of the new 52 flash you read um a some, but, but that time i
0: didn't like it that much
1: yeah that just did stuff with the with the speed force as this other dimension and people getting stuck in there and all this other stuff. Um, so it's cool to see it from this different, you know, almost a different level of understanding. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, Alright, what are you giving The Flash issue 3?
1: I'm 7.5. Yeah, that
0: sounds about right. I, I think... Yeah, I'll agree with that. I'm being boring and just agreeing with your scores mostly this <laughs> week, but... Uh, I think that sounds about right. It's, just, it's, it's on the brink of great. It's just a little bit too muddy to, to quite get that great score. All right. Green Arrow, issue six. Legacy number 339. Joshua Wilson writing with Sean Isaacs, Phil Hester, mm-hmm. and Trevor. Here's sign on the art. Three artists. I can't wait to see how you feel about that.
1: Yeah. No, so it's not a mess. Uh, there, It's done on purpose. Okay. Right? So Hester okay. does all of the Ollie versus Ollie stuff. Um, and then Isaacs does the... Um current day stuff and then the third artist who i didn't catch the name of does a lot of the in between um so in in this it's it's revealed because uh, ollie when he ended up fighting all the other arrows right it's essentially he went, went into his inner self and they're all versions of himself fighting to break free um and so he essentially he ends up grabbing an arrow, but he's too late. He ends up getting shot with one, and it brings him back out. And the old version, like old man Ollie, that's talking to him is being like, oh, see, this is your problem is you're constantly at war with yourself, and you never come out on the right side. This is why you're a destruct, you know, a destructive element to your family and why you can't be around anymore. Uh, and Ollie starts to put together who this is because it's not him, right? Like, it's not ringing true. (laughs) So, you know, um, old Ollie punches new, you know, our version of Ollie. And uh, he goes, you're you're the most stubborn person I've ever known since the day we met. And it turns out that it's Merlin because it's always Merlin, right? Like, death, taxes, and there's going to be a Green Arrow story that features uh, Merlin. So there's are swirling around. Yeah, so we're we're going around, and uh, Merlin has, like, this, almost like the, the dark energy that we saw from Dark Crisis, mm. and again, I wouldn't be surprised if that's what it is, because it is Williamson, um, making up most of his body, and Ollie's confused, because he's like, you died, like, you were part of the whole Leviathan thing, uh, which, <laughs> remember that, when that was a thing that DC was doing?
0: I, I do, yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. And Merlin's like, well, you didn't see a body. And he holds up his hand and it's all mechanized. He goes, I made some repairs. Um, so as as they're fighting, there's another boom. And on the swirling rock with this time storm going around, uh, Connor Hawk shows up to save his dad. Um, and Ollie makes the realization that, you know, him, him listening to this fake feature version of himself played right into it because... These are his doubts that he's still not good enough. It's it's Oliver Queen one on one and that it is his family that makes him stand out. Um and that he has to rely on other people because it's not it's not just him. It's him and Roy and him and Connor and him and Dinah and uh him and Emmy. So um Merlin's like, Well, you guys aren't getting out this easy. Fires an arrow, Connor jumps in front of it, and right as it's about to hit, Leon jumps in like Connor does and pulls the arrow out of the, uh, pulls it out of the space. Um, And they go through the portal that Connor and and Leon uh, came through. And when Ollie wakes up, he's on a beach with the waves crashing on him and it's his island. So the end of the last issue, Dinah and Roy were heading there. Dinah meets him there and, um, they, you know, they have memories of, of Ollie fighting Doomsday at the end of Dark Crisis. Um, and they embrace and they kiss and they're rolling around. It looks like, uh, from here to eternity, uh, and Connor and Leanne are watching They're like, Hey, you know, we know you guys need time, but you know, what, what are we doing? Um, so they, they, Leanne wonders like where's her dad and this is where the main problem with the art comes is in other places right she like like in right now in Detective she's drawn like a young woman like you would say like late teens maybe early 20s whoever did the art here is making her look very kid like 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 next to Connor she looks like like what we saw last week in in that uh, backup in Wonder Woman how they do Damien, how he looks still too much like a kid. Mm-hmm. That's how she looks here. But um, as they're on the way the, the way out, Leanne is like, where's my dad? And him and I think it was Cheshire go to the secret bunker that he knows about. And uh, as they're looking around, there's all these monitors and they have like Different things that are going on in DC. Like you can see Wonder Woman here. It's got Jason Todd. It uh, looks like Batman and the Super Family. Um, trying to make two other things. Batman and Robin are fighting, and um, Doctor Hates there. Which is I realize now, looking at it, that this is the panel from Beast World. So that's that's pretty interesting. Um, as Roy is looking at this, he goes, what the hell is she doing with my friends? Cause this is Waller's bunker and there's gunshots. Cheshire takes a bullet, uh, pushing Roy out of the way. He gets shot anyways. And Waller's standing there with the two peacemakers. Um, and it's, uh, she says, I didn't want to be found. And now no one will ever find you, uh, to be continued in the hunt for arsenal. So, here, here I was thinking that I was done with Green Arrow and they go and they pull this because my, you know, my brain won't allow me not to know what happens. <laughs> you know, uh, so you sucker. <laughs> well, and the fact that there's, there is a moderate tie to, to Beast World, right? Because we, we see that on there and, you know, Roy is a titan at the end of the day. He might be the most annoying titan. He's a titan nonetheless. But, yes. Yeah, a lot of six issues just to pull Ollie all over the place for it to be Merlin was, was a bit of a wet, you know, wet blanket of a reveal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause it still didn't make any sense that he would ever doubt himself and, and the family. That is just one thing from the beginning. Never, never felt right. Um, but yeah, it's, this is a comic that i read <laughs> and the art, yeah the it's not terrible, but oh, there's, there's some little things here and there. Um and yeah, Ollie's, Ollie's back now. So we we can have, you know, Green Arrow back doing things. So I'll I'll give this a six out of ten. Like it's it is what it is.
0: Okay. Uh the Penguin, issue four, Tom King with Raphael De La Torre on the art. So obviously he recruited that team last issue. Was it the Force of mm-hmm. July? Was that the name of that team? The 4th of July. Yep. Uh, this issues is what he had planned to do with all of them, and he's on his way to Vegas. He doesn't like flying. The first, because obviously mm-hmm. the, the, the gimmick with this book is that we always get narration from whoever's in the scene with mm-hmm. Penguin, never him himself. The first one is this uh, flight attendant, and mm-hmm. he's scared of flying. And then he's in a limo with the help, and he's clearly nervous about whatever he's about to do, because he keeps asking for updates and, like, if all the team's in position and the help's basically like they're they're still on
1: the the same place they were 10 minutes ago (laughs) like nothing's Mm -hmm. changed Uh, and and the help has noticed that Oswald has not stopped drinking since they've been together so like he is he's you know three not three sheets of the wind but he's starting to think that maybe this is having an effect on him in a way that it wouldn't have before Mm. right so yeah (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, so, so we see that the, the, this entire team they recruited, they're all set up, one's set up in a sniper position, one's at a blackjack table, one's at a slot machine, one's like a window cleaner outside, you know, they're all in position mm-hmm. for whatever they're about to do, and it's not until they get to this hotel in Vegas where it becomes clear this is where his ex-wife is, mm-hmm. uh, this St. Clair lady, and... Mm-hmm. This is all an assassination attempt for that. He's given this fancy penthouse suite. He's taken a jacuzzi tub. Uh, He calls the wife, and she's happy to come and see him for dinner. She's going to get dressed, and all the rest of it. But the entire time, like that final panel when Penguin hands the drink back to the help, when he's sitting in the Mm. jacuzzi tub uh and he's explaining that on their their wedding night she said something to the effect of uh you don't mind if i if i close my eyes and imagine you're riddler instead do you uh it just the, the art here is fantastic because the look in penguin's mm-hmm. face as he's telling this story he's so nervous about this meeting and mm-hmm. we get this this dinner date where she's got her own big bodyguard obviously penguin's got the help there yeah. And they're they're making this, you know, s- small talk. She even jokes about uh you know the the, the kids cuz she she helped the kids set up their whole thing, you know, the, their, Yeah. and and got them or oh, over she, the iceberg lounge wanna, and all that.
1: She didn't want to be evil stepmother. She never believed in that. So they they needed help. She believed Oswald to be dead, right? So it, it's not like it was personal.
0: Yeah, and Uh, she says... She even makes a joke here about... uh, The kids called her for advice. mm -hmm. uh, You know... She even jokes about, you know, killing her. You know, about Penguin killing Uh her. And he's like, oh, what a grand idea. I wish I thought of that earlier. And again, they are. The the facial expressions here are so good. Mm -hmm. And we already know from the narration that the trigger... the, 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 The sign to start the plan is mm-hmm. Penguin laughing. And at the end of a couple of pages of this, he does start laughing. They both start laughing to yeah. to, to, a joke. And uh, the help goes to, to slit her throat, but her bodyguard mm-hmm. steps in, and we find out that she already knew what the plan was because they got to the, the, the one that was on the roof, the sniper. Um, Not sniper, yet.
1: Not Captain America. Not the, Captain the, America. Uh, victory, major victory.
0: He was offered money because she, she, you know, she, she did her homework. She had people look into all these outsiders who were at the hotel. Yep. She, she, she did what she was doing, and she gets her gun and she shoots Penguin. And it's like, okay, she completely mm-hmm. won this. This is kind of wild. But then we get the true reveal of what all this was, is that this mm-hmm. was Penguin expected her to figure out what, what, what she, what he was doing. And this was all a recruitment sort of thing to see if she still had it in her because he wants her help to take back Gotham. And yep. he, he is expecting this. Uh, although he must apologize that the help's feelings are hurt and he has to get revenge yep. on the other bodyguard. So we get like a quick page of the help going to murder this bodyguard. I
1: told, I told him to make it as quick, but you know, that's not how the help works. Which that, that line by itself is so full of just like, ooh, you know, uh, what would the help have done if Oswald had told him to take his time to this for you? I think his name was Larry the Lunk, right? Because uh, that's yeah. where I thought something was up because when when the help goes to, to cut St. Cloud, uh, it's almost like he gets outmaneuvered by the Lunk, which doesn't seem to make sense. So when it's revealed, like, this was all part of the plan and that he basically gave himself up uh, and, and basically took a, took a dive. Uh, it's like, well, yeah, he's going to go, he's going to go get his pride back. Uh, which, which I like, but so what's going to happen to the 4th of July? That's my, that's my thing now. Like, did he just go grab those goons? Are they still going to be working for him? You know, like, is he gonna, I, I, you know, cause I don't want to lose those characters. Cause that last issue really built up some of them, you know? Uh, so that, that's my big question coming out of this one. Uh, but the way that that she puts it together that, you know, he wants her to be the consigliere. He wants her, you know, advice because he can't, you know, do this by himself. Uh, I, yeah, that, I like how that, that all came about. Yeah, around. this was
0: a test for two things. One, to see if she would spot the, the, the you mm-hmm. know, everything coming, if she would figure it out. But two, to see if she was really siding with the kids or if that was like a one-time necessity, uh, mm. you know, rather than a pattern, as he puts it. And it seems like, mm-hmm. no, she, it seems like she's on board uh, because mm-hmm. she doesn't say no. And again, the facial expressions here are great because the smirk in his face as she says that feels like this is the most, this is the most effed up marriage ever. Like they're not even married anymore, yeah. but this, this is how they treat each other. This is how they... Mm-hmm. feel each other out and he actually gets down on one knee to, to to propose yeah to to go take gotham city together well,
1: basically as she demands it she goes you know the first time you asked me you got down on a knee right and so there's just like this you know the relationship is icky to me that's just me though like um the other thing that stood out too was that when she shoots him i don't know if oswald had expected that part Because when she shoots him, it's it's, her narration is, you know, I can take a lot of him, but I can't stand it when he bakes. Mm. He's, you know, almost like begging is beneath the penguin. And so just she was just going to put him out of the misery. and And I believe the term that she uses is like, you know, when when he cries or he gets sweaty, he's a wet bird and a wet bird is disgusting. Right. But what is a penguin? Right. They're a bird that's perpetually in water. So you know, um, so I don't know if he had planned. Like I don't know if Oswald went in there knowing he was going to be shot that day, but it still worked out for him.
0: Yeah. So I was actually thinking he was going to go for revenge over the victory as well mm-hmm. because he he you know he he got paid off to turn everyone else in. Yeah. But now I'm not actually sure though if that was also part of the plan. Like if that was agreed upon in the first right. place. Uh, right. But. I wonder if, yeah, we're still going to have that team working for him. It kind of sounds like it, because she says, oh, you've yeah. got the goons, and now you, need, you want me to come. So, uh, yeah, it feels like they are. It'd be kind of weird if we spent that whole issue uh, yeah. recruiting them for, just, for, for, for it to just be this and nothing else.
1: Yeah, because it, it felt very dismissive of them. and They were barely in it, and I liked some of the character stuff, like uh, Mayflower, who's like the Poison Ivy-like girl, who she's talking about like the plants in the hotel, how like they kind of need air. You know, like I was told there would be more plants here. Uh, I like that little little spot and just sparkler looking. Like he doesn't want to be there because you know he doesn't. He was forced into to coming. Everybody else kind of agreed, but you know his family was hostage. So yeah, uh, but yeah. So another another great thing for uh, Tom King, right? Like we still don't get like you keep bringing up the penguins' facial expressions, mm-hmm. but. And and the art works perfectly because we're not in Penguin's head, right? So we have to rely on what he's thinking, by how he looks.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just it's just what he's what he's looking like and what his dialogue is like. Mm-hmm. The narration's yep. always coming from the other people in the scene with him, so it mm-hmm. always builds this air of like mystique and mystery about what's actually going through his head, which I yep. think is perfect. Uh, yeah, and I, I this is a really solid issue. It might be. <sighs> Like, this is going to sound negative, and I don't mean it to sound negative. It may be the weakest one so far, just because mm-hmm. I, I feel like once the, all the plans kind of unfolds, like after like I think the build up to whatever he's going to do, like the you know the, the attempted murder yeah. of the wife, I think there's some great tension there, but once mm-hmm. it kind of goes past that point. I, I almost kind of saw it coming, I guess. Like, I was almost like, okay, there's more yeah. to this than just the kill. So once it got to the actual explanation, I was like, okay, this is just kind of what I expected, and it's not wowing me in the same way that maybe the previous issues did.
1: But also those last three issues were really super solid. Yeah. Right? That, that, this the is... first one out the gate, the second was the help, and then the last one was Fourth of July. They Those were all really... Three really well crafted. Yeah, I mean, and this is two, but just compared to those, it is a
0: drop. This is just a comparison point to like. Mm-hmm. I think issue one's still my favorite. I think issue one was basically a masterclass of a first issue, mm-hmm. uh, and then two and three are fantastic. And then this is really great. It's just yeah. maybe slightly a step down from yeah. from those. So, uh, very good stuff though. Excited to see more of Penguin's quest to take mm-hmm. back Gotham um but yeah like you know three issues in a row now have effectively been him recruiting people this one didn't feel like it for a good bit of it because it was like it felt more like yeah. an assassination issue but then it turns uh-huh. out it was all just a ploy to recruit <laughs> so uh yeah. i wonder like do we have more people to recruit or is is it time to to actually go to gotham and start mm-hmm. whatever the the plan's going to be i don't know but yeah uh, we'll see. Obviously they are, once again, we mentioned the facial expressions, which a, l- yeah. a lot of this book does rely on and it delivers mm-hmm. on that front. But I really like some of the, the colouring here, like the entire conversation he has with the wife after he's mm-hmm. like healed from his gunshots and it's like the actual proposal and all that. Yeah. It's just this sort of black and pink backgrounds and it's like the pink coming in from the window and I guess it represents the yep. neon lights of Vegas more than anything.
1: Well, there's that, and I almost feel like that's a sunrise or a sunset, because mm. out here, they're very pink and orange. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but, but that also is kind of their relationship, right? It, the, the sun hasn't gone down on it yet. Like, yeah, they're not married, but they still have an active relationship. And whether that's the sun setting or the sun rising, you know, that, that's how I took it anyways. I might be a bit too mm. poetic on it, but... Yeah, I don't know because you yeah. actually do see what
0: looks like the sunrise in that last page mm-hmm. with the help killing the other guy, which maybe implies yeah. that that's later. So that's after the sun's actually came up,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that's more of an orange glow. But you know, I I really yeah. like the uh, the backgrounds in that scene. Uh, mm-hmm. But I mean, they're great throughout, admittedly. But uh, mm-hmm. I think notably as well, the the pink also matches the dress she was wearing at the, the uh, yeah at the date. You know, she came out in this this pink dress with these white gloves. Yeah. Um. Whereas in the scene at the end, the surroundings are all pink, but she's wearing a black dress. I don't know if I have significance or a good analysis for yeah. that, but I just, I'll point it out.
1: <laughs> I do also like what she says, where she says, give me my gun. She was like, you know, I don't carry one. It would ruin the silhouette. Mm. You know, I, So she's also a very fashionable villain. I like that. Yeah, part. maybe I'm reading
0: too much into this. Maybe the, the idea is that the dinner date was this sort of like, play of deception from both of them mm-hmm. so she's wearing pink in the dinner date and then later mm-hmm. on uh, the idea is, is that the pink is the lights coming from outside because Vegas is a city where you go to to lie, to, to not be yourself mm-hmm. to to gamble well, that's, and, you know, all that stuff that,
1: that's what he says about her hotel, right? Yeah. this is the, not, maybe he doesn't say it but someone says it about it that what, <clears throat> what happens in Vegas uh, starts at the St. Clair uh so yeah maybe maybe that is too that's a, not a bad reading
0: yeah uh so but well, because she's in black in the final scene no this is her now mm-hmm. being honest this is now her being her right uh right. so they're just surrounded by the city of lies not that it's never called that it's the city of sin but yeah. still <laughs> yeah. same idea uh so no very good what are you giving the penguin matt
1: i'm gonna give an, uh, an eight
0: I'm still going with an 8.5. I still think it's really great. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just slightly not as amazing as the yeah. previous issues. So that's not saying much, or it's saying a lot rather, mm-hmm. depending on how you look at it. So Amazon's attack issue two. Josie Campbell writing with Vasco
1: Georgiev or J- Georgiev on Ye- the art. Georgiev. Georgiev. Don't don't read yeah. Don't read it like George. Read it like Yi Ye or Yev.
0: Yeah, I oh, done my best. All right, okay, so yeah, you uh, did your best,
1: but you know we we can still do better, just a bit. And again, the only reason I know is because of hockey. Yeah, I would I would call him Georgiev if I did not know that there was a goalie with the last name Georgiev. So yeah,
0: yes, yes. Once again, hockey's came in to to be a be a thing. All right, so yeah. this issue starts off with a bunch of pundits on a news show talking about the, the current crisis with the Amazons uh, there's this super Republican guy who's talking about how oh, the Amazons are a threat to traditional gender roles which is the the, the complete cesspool of humanity blah 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 uh, mm. and they're debating all this and then Veronica Kale of all characters is on this panel <sighs> and says I thought I trusted Wonder Woman because she helped save my daughter but I was wrong. These Amazons and their sisters. Because one, one of the things they bring up here is that mm. there's a lot of non-Amazons who are r- not necessarily rioting, but they're, they're, they're doing... They're taking up the cause. Yeah, they're taking up the cause. They're wearing Amazon symbols at like Wonder Woman logos mm-hmm. and stuff, and they're sort of... Uh, you know, they're protesting stuff in behalf of the Amazons in support of them. Uh, but once we actually get into the main story, though, we're back with our, our three leads in the middle of the city mm-hmm. uh, mary's really miffed at the news is calling her a former hero uh yeah. she's like it's been five minutes like come on guys mm-hmm. uh but the big reveal here which ties it a lot to josie campbell's mary marvel series mm-hmm. is that there's a villain here who's got the the phone in the chest that's sort of yeah unlocking a magic power the magic tech So this is actually tying to some of this stuff. And it's actually why Mary chooses to stick with the rest of the characters at the end of the Mm -hmm. issue, because this means somewhere, somehow, uh, you know, Dr. Savannah, Lady Savannah, as as I'll call Mm -hmm. her. Not to be confused with the regular Dr. (sighs) Savannah.
1: Can we call her Dr. Savannah Jr.? I think that would would fit.
0: Yeah. She does have a different first name, though, to be fair.
1: (laughs) True. But, like, I'm just calling, like, Captain Marvel Jr. Sure,
0: right? sure. Like, I, I, I get what you're trying uh, to do. I get what you're trying to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, uh, the Amazons here bicker about where to go. You know, one wants to go mm-hmm. to Themyscira, but That's uh, Nubia. Uh, whereas Yara wants to go to the, the, the fortune teller uh, that the, is with her tribe. Yeah, she,
1: she wants to go back to her home tribe, which I don't know the name of that city. They say it, but I forget it.
0: But Yeah, yeah, I can't remember uh, either. Yeah,
1: yeah uh, the other queen, Queen Faruka, wants to go to the Bana Mcdowell fortress, which I get all of them wanting to go to their place of, you know, you know, back to be around their sisters, so that yeah. was a nice little piece.
0: I mean, from here, the issue kind of breaks down into two parts, which is one where mm-hmm. this, this guy with the phone, uh, with the magic... Attacks. He attacks, yeah, he's got like this fancy magic orange or apple thing that spreads this gas, yeah. and there's some fun action here. I really enjoyed the... Mm-hmm. Uh, the the police truck coming for the the amazons and mary marvel like sort of catching it mm-hmm. and and throwing it back um i, I enjoyed pretty much every part of this where one of the other amazons tries to talk to hoppy about teleporting them out of here there's like a little mm-hmm. running thing where he needs to eat to get his energy back so she goes yeah. into the store and tries to get something but doesn't pay for the it the
1: one thing that got me is uh, he's like i can't teleport like i used to because now I'm drawing... I'm drawing powers from seven different... So, like... So, does that mean that when... In the Mary Marvel book that we read, he was just powered by Billy when Billy was Shazam, the wizard? I think right? so, and yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure I was reading that correct because, you know... And then them having to find him food was a nice little thing so they could teleport
0: yeah. Uh, out. Yeah, some really fun stuff here. I... If I there's even some good visual comedy where Yara's fighting or jumping around doing stuff Mm -hmm. and she's yelling I don't see Mary or the apple and then the next panel is Mary Mm -hmm. just being blasted across the panel and all the panels on this Mm -hmm. page are at an angle so it's got this really good sense of speed and then she hits into a wall, and then Yara looks at her, and then looks over her shoulder and goes, "Never mind, found her." Yeah. And I thought that was really funny. I thought that page looked great. I thought the 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 flow, of the action was good, and then that punchline yeah. at the end really made me laugh. Uh, That's the
1: Yara that we've been missing since she was introduced. I know, because oh, you know, oh, that was kind of that was the kind of character she was when we first read her. So the fact that Josie Campbell is t- tapping back into that, you know. I hope this leads to some more things because I do like this. I like her thread of Mary Marvel and putting Mary through with all these other characters. Mm. And I mean, technically, she's an Amazon because she's getting her powers from the Amazonian goddesses. So uh, I like the interplay between all of them.
0: Yeah. uh, Nubia picks up the magic apple, which comes from a a, a god. And Uh she basically has this vision where she's with Hippolyta and Hippolyta says that Nubia's uh, destroyed, yeah, destroyed everything. Yeah. As, soon, you know, as soon as I was gone, you ruined everything. And then, I don't know who this character is, I don't know if we're meant to yet, but this mysterious hooded figure looks kind of like death mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. A black cloak. So,
1: yeah, it looks like Xenatos, which is the, you know, um, Greek god of the death, you know, okay. of the dead, not Hades. It's, it's a little bit different. It's kind of death personified uh, in Greek mythology. So I'm wondering if that's what this is is Nubia's fearing the death of the Amazons. That you know, makes, yeah, it makes uh,
0: enough sense. Uh, but yeah. she snaps out of it, and they all get together and they get teleported to, uh, and this is meant to be where Yara's tribe is, right? This is meant to be mm-hmm. in the in the rainforest, mm, and yeah. but things aren't where they're supposed to be. And quite quickly, as they're go- as they're looking around, looking for where they are and where, where the people are. They find someone unconscious uh, who, mm-hmm. who, who does start to wake up, but then the final page is that there's some kind of building at a dock called Asylum, and this mm-hmm. is where Yara's people are supposed to be, but instead this building's here, and it also seems to be on fire. And, mm-hmm. like, so it's a complete weird mystery cliffhanger, and the, 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 the little caption says, you know, what is Asylum? Uh, where's the Esquisita and what and what does Nubia's vision mean? So it's just that's the next time on kinda of caption. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm curious. Like I really enjoyed the issue. The ending's a bit of a, you know, WTF kind of <laughs> like moment. But I mean they're they're reacting like that too. They're like, what the hell's going on here? So
1: Yeah. I don't
0: know, we'll
1: see. Definitely yeah, definitely. I just this is this is making me want to go back and read the the Lazarus planet tie-in that I skipped. That oh, sure, the Revenge of the Gods. Yeah. Just to see about how much of the Because that was also Josie Campbell. I just skipped it because of Lazarus planet. Or was it... Yeah, it was Lazarus planet, right? Yeah. Not Nightmares, so... Um, yeah, I'm um, just so a little tired of that. I will say,
0: I think the word asylum here, I think it's more mm-hmm. meaning asylums as an asylum seeker as opposed to, yes. you know, an Arkham asylum where, you know, the right. crazy people are going. Uh,
1: which that uh, was the original intention of an asylum, right? It was to help yeah, people yeah. and give them. And then it, now it's become a, there's a negative connotation to it. So, um, so yeah, cause I don't, I don't remember much of the Escocita because we also, I also stopped reading the word Amazon stuff. Um, so yeah, so not, not, it's not a big holdup, but it is a thing where I'm like, okay, was this building here before? Like, is it supposed to be here? Because the thing that I've seen with the Escocita is all very you know you know tropical version of what's going on over in in Themyscira right you know they're living in houses and all this stuff not this big looking like a like a carrier that fell you know like a shield helicarrier so yeah but no
0: I mean the fact that the the caption saying what is asylum implies this is not meant to be here so I I think that's for sure I don't think that's even a question.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean, but like, what what was it? You know, did did they shoot this down? Did this just appear? Is this another, you know, is this from the the AXE organization? Right, yeah. that, that found this tribe of Amazons? So, um... Yeah, I mean,
0: given that it says asylum, was this, like, taking the Amazons that were being deported mm-hmm. somewhere and got yeah. shot down? Like, you know, that that's kind of the vibe mm-hmm. that's, that's given me. Uh, but no, I still, like, I think Josie Campbell's uh pacing and dialogue is is really good i think the voices she has for the characters is great and i'm also very much enjoying the art i think the action sequences in the the, the city street all look really good the sense of motion mm-hmm. and speed's fantastic the layouts flow really well this was a very easy cozy read to me uh yeah that was making me laugh occasionally and i was i was into this and it's a great little complimentary book to what's going on in wonder Woman. Uh, which mm-hmm. obviously it's not going to have the same heavy, heavy tone as that book because, no. you know, King's Weaving Magic with that one, but uh, I think this is a fun little tie-in to it. Uh, and yeah. I'm, I'm learning between this and the Mary Marvel book that I like Josie Campbell, so... Yep. Cool. me
1: too. So, yeah. yeah? All right. Well, okay, what, what are you giving... Uh... Um, I'm going to go with 8.5 with this one.
0: Yeah, Um. I think I'll just go to straight 8. Like, I think it's really... Solid and good. But I, I think I'll mm-hmm. just leave it there. So, um... Alan Scott, Green Lantern issue 2. Tim Sheridan writing with seeing uh, Torme on the art. Mm-hmm. So, I, I was very mixed on the first issue of this. Um, I liked the story overall and what it was doing, but mm-hmm. Tim Sheridan's writing, I... Like, I... I've not been into it in previous attempts to read his stuff, and I found it very wordy. So I I'd wanted to give at least issue two a try. Uh, gorgeous front cover uh-huh. as well, might I add. It's just the uh, uh-huh. you know it's Alan sitting in Arkham Asylum, but it's just the the green light, but with the shadow of the uh-huh. the gate up against him. Really, really nice stuff. Yep. So. Sadly, I feel kind of similar about this issue, which is, I like the story. I like everything it's telling me that's going on and this idea that he he self-checked in to the wing at Arkham Asylum to, you know, basically stamp the gay out of him, right? To, to mm-hmm. fix himself. Yeah, because he
1: felt his one true love is gone, therefore, if he's going to be able to be fixed, it's going to be now. Yeah. And then realizes just how corrupt that process is.
0: Yeah, it, it tells um,
1: which, a sto- I, which
0: you're right. Yeah, it, it tells a story of of him befriending the other people who are there who did not come here voluntarily. They were put mm-hmm. in here by their families or or even by the state because it's, it's mm-hmm. definitely illegal in this time to be gay and and mm-hmm. whatever. And him befriending uh, a, a trans woman who is not allowed mm-hmm. to be trans, who has you know been told constantly that he is a he and that. Uh, basically, it seems like, eventually gets a lobotomy to try and cure uh-huh. uh, and again cure in quotations here yeah so, So like,
1: yeah, that, that character and just being a spitfire the character's name is Billy um, and just being a spitfire and kind of reminding Alan, just like you are who you are, just just be who you are, you know and just the fate that they ultimately meet and just the horror that go on Alan's face. That was that's really the part of the issue that really resonated with me, and I wish the rest of it did. Because once he gets out of Arkham, and it just starts retelling the the Green Lantern origin, it gets super murky. And I have like, now that I don't know any idea what's going on, it just kind of felt all over the place. Um, and you know, there wasn't that clear storytelling of the arkham and him bonding with all of these people you know uh
0: yeah i like i actually like all of the story well enough it's just the the heavy narration the the, the heavy speech bubbles there's a mm-hmm. there's just those pages where you get to them and there's just so many boxes to read and it's not even the amount that's the problem in and of no. itself because other writers can be relatively wordy i mean tom king's wonder mm-hmm. woman you know we've we talked about that how that's very dense mm-hmm. but Everything flows really well, so even though it's yeah. a bit of a denser read and it takes a little bit longer, you tend to be, well, I, you know, we both seem to tend to be really into it as we're reading it, whereas with Tim Sheridan's writing, I constantly feel like I'm wanting to not read the next box, and I, I get kind of distracted very easily, and it's, mm-hmm. it's, it just it doesn't take a lot to pull me out of the story, and it, it's really frustrating, because I really want to enjoy an Alan Scott story. And I think it's doing Mm -hmm. some interesting things with the time period and not pulling punches with all the homophobic stuff that he's having to put up with. This idea Mm -hmm. that when his military commander found out that he was in a relationship with... with, Was it Johnny? Was was his boyfriend? Yeah. Um, Basically because Alan helped save them all out of respect. They didn't do anything immediately, but they said, but once you get back to shore, you have to go and fix this. And that's why... You know, that's what set him on this path to go to Arkham and yeah. do all this. I think the story that it's telling is really great and the, yeah, getting the the build up to the, the new version of the origin with the, the train crash which was, uh, that was mm-hmm. always part of his origin but now there was, yeah. you know, he was he's having romances and flings like on the train mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It, you know, so, th- there's a lot more build up to it but he's basically telling all this to um his friend in present well, not present day but, you know, in the
1: yeah. You know, three years in the future. right? Who,
0: who, okay, I get they wanted to write that he had an accent, but I I, I thought they laid it on a bit. Thick. I hated reading it. Yeah. It
1: was like reading Bizarro without any of the charm. Like
0: I, I get like, that you you want to get across that he's saying Moida, but to Moida, actually yeah to actually you know, spell it as M O I D like A yeah. R or whatever, like it, it's just annoying to read. I didn't Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, so, every
1: time I came to that guy, I just skipped over his dialogue. <laughs> I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll piece it together because I hate reading it. And, like, when they write Bibbo, Bibbo kind of talks like that, but it's more like kind of that rough scrabble, kind of like the thing where he shortens words, you know, and it's like Superman, so they'll write, you know, S-U-P-A-H. But this was laying it on thick, and I was like, I, I don't like reading it. So I would see the little cabbie hat. I'm mm. like, All right, I'm skipping that. I'll, I'll, I'll fill it in later. I mean, that's why I got a little bit confused towards the end. Um, it's just the the whole lantern talking to him and the whole crimson flame versus the the green flame. I think that's a nice a nice take on the Starheart mythos, um, because the, it's talking about balance, right? Yeah. Well, so uh, and-
0: to, to be specific here. Mm-hmm. He like him and his men, when he was in the military, were looking and investigating what was basically the Crimson Flame. And mm-hmm. he speculates that the Green Flame reached out to him You know, for whatever reason. But I, mm-hmm. I think I think the interesting part of this origin to me is that he was actually investigating the Crimson Flame, and it's like the Green Flame to achieve balance, like chose him yeah. as an avatar to be like, hey, okay. Like, mm-hmm. you're the good person who's near all this. You should be the one who sort of gets the power to fight it kind of thing. Yeah. But I think it's interesting because, mm-hmm. you know, so much when it comes to superheroes, even if you take, like, you know, the, the regular Green Lantern stuff from later with Hal, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's the green power that he ends up discovering and finds him. It's, it's all very much kind of, mm-hmm. like, yeah, there's still the element where the ring picks him because he's the right person for the job, but... Right. He encounters the Green Lantern first. I kind of like the idea of a of a hero encountering the villain first, or the villainous force mm-hmm. in this case, before and then that leads to him becoming the hero kind of thing. I don't know. It's right. just a, it's a little well, bit flipped from how it's normally done, and I kind of appreciate that.
1: Yeah, and I hope that it really plays off it of, because you know. Alan Scott's not a traditional Green Lantern with the hope and all that stuff. It's more magic-based, but I hope they lean in the courage that, like, he's taking the courage to be himself in a time where it actually is dangerous. Yeah. You know? And that's also why the green...
0: It's funny that uh, we keep saying he's not a traditional Green Lantern when he was first, but our perception of what a Green Lantern is has changed so much because of what was established after him, but yeah.
1: Right, because the guard Gardner Fox came in and said, "We're not doing trains. We're doing space," you know, um, and, and all that stuff. But yeah, the the fact that he's he's living, you know, he's attempting to live his true life in a time where it's very dangerous to do that. And I'm hoping that's what, you know, and and it's his care for other people as well, like Billy, uh, the trans woman. Uh, that's what's making it click for him. That's why the green flame is drawn to him it's it's his soul it's his his star heart if you will uh that's calling to it you know it's not giving the green flame a choice on who to pick it's just and so i kind of i like that i just like you're talking about the overriding i just was like that took me forever to read because i didn't want to read it you know
0: yeah um and there's maybe just a few too many characters being mentioned in the last couple pages, mm-hmm. which is, is a shame, because I actually like this idea of, like, okay, whoever this villain has who's got the red flame, it's someone who knows him, it's someone who knows a lot of these people mm-hmm. from his past. But he kind of casually mentions a few different people from his past, particularly someone he had a fling with after he left Arkham, uh, which I felt like like, okay, I think I know who you're talking about because you mentioned it earlier on the issue, but it, it mm-hmm. just, you know, it, it was a little bit just too many things going on and stuff then again. Uh, but I, I do appreciate this issue was more focused than the, the, the last mm-hmm. one. But I, I think reading this convinced me that I don't think I'm going to enjoy reading any more of this, despite yeah. the fact that I like the story and I like the character. So mm-hmm.
1: sadly, I think I'm done with this book now. D- depending on what drops next week if we have stuff around next week next month when it comes out mm. i'm open to reading the third one if unslammed like it was like this week and i could drop a book justifiably i probably will but yeah um, it was kind
0: of like i went yeah. into this in the flash this week with like okay these are the two that are kind of mm-hmm. you know they're they're teetering and i kind of came out of it going no I'm, I'm feeling more positive about the flash and Mm-hmm. wanting to read more of that than i am this uh which is a shame but it, it just it is what it is uh yeah I, I just don't like tim sheridan's writing and uh, you know I, not that i've read much from tim sheridan but i read at least one of the shorts that he did with tim drake before the the, the ongoing or the miniseries launched uh-huh. and didn't really like that either so, uh, yeah, i saw Yeah, yeah i just don't think he's the way he writes just isn't for me i don't think
1: yeah, because the other things he he did, with Titans Academy, I just
0: pulled it up. Um, oh yeah, I tried that he, and wanted yeah, to like that and he, couldn't either. He
1: co-wrote with Johns and Adams Flashpoint Beyond, which we we liked Flashpoint Beyond for the most point, most point, most part. That's um, true, but that's
0: there's other writers in the mix there.
1: But there's other writers, so yeah, I'm trying to look at some of the other stuff that I've read from him, like his his Fla- or his Shazam book. That came out of Titans Academy. I tried and it wasn't for me. Yeah, so, yeah.
0: again, I read the one issue wasn't for me. So it, it clearly there's a trend mm-hmm. here of just not liking his writing. Yeah. But hey, all right, what, yeah. you, what are you rating Alan Scott Green Lantern issue to? i
1: I'm gonna give a, a seven because the art is still pretty strong. There's a lot to like, but yeah, our solid. You know, it just misses.
0: Yeah, yeah, I am going with a six. It's mm-hmm. like I'll, I'll give it just over the halfway point because, like you say, the arts still solid. I think the story concepts are still pretty good and I, mm-hmm. I was interested in reading them, but I, I just think it's a, it was a bit of a chore to actually get through. Um, so, yeah, 6 out of 10. Yeah. Alright. Power Girl, issue 3, Leah mm-hmm. Williams writing with Eduardo pansica on the art. This is another Matt-only book,
1: so take it yep. away. This, this is the issue where Leah Williams made me upset over this line that I don't even know right but so um Paige, Paige survives her attack from from the alien guy the the symbiote ship that uh, attached to him this kryptonian virus right um and she's on the uh the the second fortress of solitude that bendis created the one that's in the caribbean uh, and clark comes down and is like hey you you gotta get this figured out i know you're working on it and clark's kind of He's not dismissive, but it's almost like, Paige, you know what you need to do. I can't do it for you. That's kind of his vibe. And so um, he's like, yeah, it couldn't be the symbiosis. ship. We, we dealt with that ago. And she's like, uh, she's trying to tell him about the nightmare she had, because that's what the night terrors issue is about. And that's where Clark's kind of like, well, you know what you need to do. And so she, she goes into the fortress. She still doesn't trust Keelix because she has this. Kind of, I don't want to say a phobia of robots, but because of the the stuff with the symbiotic ship, she doesn't trust them. So she's been going and sitting next to this Kryptonian lion or this alien lion that's really old. And anytime that she has time to think, she's been going here. And she realizes it's because she doesn't want the lion to die alone. He's the last of his kind. He's, you know, and so she she sits with him and she's starting to ponder things. And, uh, like, she's like, I know why I do this is I feel a kinship with this lion. He's the last of his kind. I'm the last of my kind. I, you know, he has no one else to rely on. I have no else to rely on. And Keelich's kind of, you know, also reminds her that, you know, Omen's there and streaky's there. And she does have people. She is just choosing to be isolated. And, and then it, it cuts over to Omen and she's like rollerblading through Metropolis and she sees uh, like these blue earthers attacking refugees. And it does, I don't know if they were war world or just regular refugees, but it, you know, the point was they were different. So Omen ends up using her magic and her telepathy and all that type of stuff to, um, to essentially get them to stop. And, you know, that part of the story is showing that like they, she asked them why. And the blue earthers tell her there's a Kryptonian virus that only attacks humans and it's making its way to the United States. And so they need to, you know, not let anyone else in because they have to watch out for them. So again, it does a lot of right wing talking points coming out of blue earth. Um, and then it gets back to page and she looks into the lion like area And he's gone. And she starts, you know, she she talks about, you know, stuff that she knows about cats. that when cats know that the time's up, they'll go because they want to go be by themselves uh, to die. And she's like, yeah, some people think it's from like a predation thing to where like they don't want them to draw in any predators. And she, you know, she finds that the lion got out of its enclosure and is sitting on like this cliff face overlooking the ocean. So she goes and she sits with the lion, and she starts thinking about her life and how she needs to get her act together, and she's stronger than this. And she looks over, and the lion has passed. And again, this is a lion that I did not care too much about, but just Leah Williams writing through pages stuff, it made me super emotional. And it's probably because I'm an animal lover, and... All this other stuff, but just seeing how much she cares for this lion really, really went a long way. Uh, so you know, so Paige is sad. She heads back in. She talks to Kelix, and her super hearing goes off, and she's like, "Wait, the lion does the lion's heartbeat? It should not be going." And she turns around, and it attacks her, and it's a, it has that virus that has been, you know. Uh, that she came down there to investigate. Um, Keelix ends up contacting Superman. Superman comes in and cannot find Paige. And when he turns the corner in the fortress, she is all digitized out, infected with this Kryptonian virus, uh, teasing, you know, uh, that it is the symbiosis, and, you know, it wants to assimilate her. And that's where the issue ends. So, uh, again, Leah Williams is... Paige is really really starting to grow on me. Like I've been a big fan of like the Supergirl archetype, but Power Girl is always just because I felt like DC didn't know what to do with her. I like that Leah Williams is carving out a niche for her as this kind of loner of the, the super family, but it's only because of her own doing. Um and that through whatever this little adventure is, is she, she is gonna learn her place there. Uh, and, and the trust from Clark and Lois and all of those people, she just has to want it herself. Um, and, but yeah, no, it's, it's really good. The, the art is, uh, uh, it's decent. It's not like it's Pensica. So it's a little bit sketchy in parts, but like when the lion attacks her, it's this big splash page. It looks really nice. Uh, and then at the end, when she's being taken over by the virus, there's a lot of weird wonky angles That the uh, art's going to, to, you know, to kind of show this is like a technological, like a techno-organic virus. Um, So he does good there. But, yeah, some of the other, like, uh, the faces and some of the finer details seem to miss. But that's kind of what my experience with Panseca is from the beginning, uh, from back on his time on Flash. Uh, But, yeah, it's so far three issues in. It's it's pretty good. Uh, So I'm going to give this a a 7.5.
0: All right, cool. Uh that'll take us on to City Boy issue 6 Greg mm-hmm. Pak rating with Minkayu Jung on the R. So as the conclusion to mm-hmm. to this story and we ended last issue with the city starting to to take form, the avatars sort of mm-hmm. appearing because City Boy after finding out what happened to his mother and finding her 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 grave effectively hidden in the green he is hating the emotions everything's going down swamp things try to talk him down and he's even trying to show him look hey the city's trying to like all this concrete and stuff's rising up and it's trying to connect to bloodhaven this is really bad but an inner gang intervenes and the evil professor is like haha yes city boy feel it in you let it throw flow through you he goes all emperor he starts talking like he's mm-hmm. uh he's the emperor from star wars uh, but he, he he wants all this, um, and he's like, yeah, we're we going to create one big city. It's going to be glorious, and it's all in the spirit of your mother. Like, your mother's, like, soul is embedded in the city that you're going to create, and this is the best thing for you. Swamp Thing, and I actually appreciate that Swamp Thing wasn't just a one and done. Like, he actually ends up being, like, a, a recurring character throughout this entire mm-hmm. issue, uh, trying to talk down City Boy. And then we see Dick, Bruce, and Clark all, like, in their various cities being like, hey, there's these big robotic or concrete, like, monsters are back. And Batman's like, the city boy did this. (laughs) Dick and Clark are a bit more sympathetic towards him, and Clark's like, no, Mm -hmm. trust him. He just needs to gain control. He just needs to remember what it is. But parademons show up and start fighting all the heroes and the idea is to keep them all busy whilst City Boy continues to to do what he's doing uh, to mm-hmm. the point where a version of his mother kind of is formed out of concrete and stuff. Uh, and it's all... You know, it's all, all building up. Hell, the scientist even drops a Dark Side Is on his. Yeah?
1: Get, we get a Dark Side yeah. Is. Yeah, so... Just the idea that Batman's like, "Nah, city, those city boys got to be taken out," and Ed Dick and Clark like, "No, let's give him time, man." Swamp Thing's down there working with him. Mm-hmm. I just I like that, that characterization here because you know Batman knows the greater good, you know. So all these cities are coming together, uh, but I it's what McCaryson tries to sell tell, um, City Boy. And about like oh no yeah your mother loved the city because of of all these structures and all this other stuff and it's swamp thing points out at the end that it's not it's like the green right the green is is about the connections to it and it's not the city it's the people that his mom you know that that's what really it's about is the people and i like that was the the through line with with of course dick and clark right is like they're gonna be the ones that trust the person in all yeah, of this
0: and superman starts talking to the avatar the big concrete avatar that's in metropolis mm-hmm. thinking oh this is connected to city boy you'll hear me mm-hmm. and he's basically city boy sees like the people running for their lives and being scared in the city from the parademons mm-hmm. and this you know kind of makes him snap out of it he says stop um and yeah, swamp Thing starts to intervene with the vines to take take out the inner gang soldiers at this point. But, mm-hmm. basically, City Boy looks up at this sort of statue that's been created of his mother with his powers, and he's like, "Like, I really wanted to, to find my mother, I dreamed of this, but this is a lie. This isn't her. Um, so, you just want me to grow this city for your own purpose? Um, I'm not going to, to do it. So... It, this all builds up to him effectively letting go over and sort of mm-hmm. moving on to to some extent uh so we see all the avatars all fall down in the in the various cities mm-hmm. and yeah city boy was able to to save the day uh and he's he's feeling bad that he kind of wrecked the forest and the swamp things like that don't mm-hmm. worry, the greenland will regrow like it'll it'll live it'll even thrive, things will change. But we see that there's an actual tombstone of for his mother, where the mm-hmm. the previous makeshift one was, and Superman, Batman, and Dicker here now. And Batman even says something kind of sweet, where he's like, "Be grateful you at least got a chance to love her, even if you're not sure if she ever really loved you." And uh, like Superman and Dicker, like, "Oh, that was actually kind of kind of mm-hmm. nice." And Batman just kind of grunts. He's like, "Don't point it out." <clears throat> like. Don't, yeah. don't 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 point out that I, I'm I'm being nice and sentimental. Uh, yeah. So yeah, like it has a proper ending. The whole the whole story's been about him getting over the fact that he was abandoned by his mother, and him never getting like a proper conclusion to that and closure. And mm-hmm. that was being exploited by the villains, but he ultimately was able to like, no, I'm not going to have other people suffer because of of what I'm going through. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the end of the issue is him. Uh, giving uh, an eight-wing toy to a kid who who lost theirs in the uh-huh. in the city chaos, and it just it walks off with him. Uh, you know, feeling good about himself. Mm-hmm. That's the end of the story. Uh, I th- yeah, I think this has been a, a really interesting thing. The, the idea of tying his city powers into a concept like the green swamp thing Mm -hmm. it definitely goes along with what ram v was doing with his swamp thing run about the the parliament of gears and all that stuff so Mm -hmm. it was really kind of interesting to to have this character effectively be the the natural avatar for for cities it's just that he's not made out of city (laughs) he's just a regular kid but
1: he's a person which is what that that point was is it's the people that make the cities not the cities that make the people yeah, uh, and he's he's a member. He's kind of like a a member of each city he goes through because he can talk to him. Um, and I, I like that idea, like well, that he finds that Nightwing toy for the kid because that's how we were introduced to him, right? He was finding things and mm. and selling them. So it's again, it's connections to people now instead of him just looking for stuff to sell to get by. You know, is he helps this kid out because he's learned, you know. That might not make him a hero, but it's more heroic than looking out just for himself. Uh, And,
0: yeah. Yeah, it was an interesting character with a cool story. It's a really solid little six-issue mini. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a very neat ending, so I don't think they ever need to do more with him. That said, though, I I think his powers could lead to cool stories, but... yeah. I don't. I don't feel like they're building to anything necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Vigil clearly ended with that. No, no. There's more of this. Like this is not the end of this yeah. story. This is a more of a neat finished conclusion. So you know, if, if you've been listening to us talk about this as it comes out, and you're thinking about getting the collection or whatever, like it is a full story. You 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 get a satisfying ending. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, it's uh it's good stuff. So what were you giving City Boy Matt?
1: Um, I'm going to
0: give it a 7.5. I'm happy to go with the 8 in this, I think. I think it was a solid ending. 8 out of 10 for me. Uh, But that'll take us out of the final part of the show, which is where we pick our favorite stuff of the week, favorite panel slash moment, favorite cover, favorite art, and top five books. Matt, what was your favorite panel slash moment of the week?
1: Okay, so I want to put out shouts to Superman in the suit of armor, because that was super dope. Sure
0: um, yep.
1: Right. But thinking about it, it, it has to be something from Titans Beast World because that was full of so many. Um, and I'm going to pick when when Dick sticks up for for Gar. And, oh, sure. And you know, tells tells Batman just to back off because, you know, it shows the Titans for what, you know, what they are. And that is a family, you know, like I feel like the Justice League is a bunch of co-workers and they all care for each other. But yeah. the Titans really are a family um and so for dick to talk down bruce who's like the most intimidating person in the dcu and his friend i thought that was pretty good
0: yeah there's a a few you pick for i mean there's a couple of moments from penguin that i could easily pick there's absolutely a moment from detective i think towards the end when like selena makes her bluff and it's just no sold by the villains i think that's a really great moment you could do uh, but obviously, Beast World has a lot of big, heavy-hitting moments. The The reveal of the the Beast on Titan or uh, even, the, obviously, the big moment of, of like <laughs> making his debut. Mm-hmm. Like, those are all good. Um, as far as picking one goes, I think I'll... I, you know, I think I will go with the end of Detective. I think I'll go with the the gamble that is met yeah. with just i don't care kill him <laughs> mm-hmm. so yeah that's my pick uh cover of the week as uh, a few that i'll point out i really mm-hmm. like the uh liam sharp p- variant for detective which is the, the the cassandra wanted poster the wanted batgirl poster uh, yeah, I look like at
1: that one i must I missed that one
0: yeah really neat and simple but uh i like it uh, the regular action covers good as they have been, because they've all been that same artist, uh, Beach, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a couple yep. of uh, interesting variants, though, uh, particularly the Francesco Tomaselli variant. It's got kind of a cool look to it. Yeah, uh, I
1: like that one a lot.
0: Yeah, it's Clark in the old 50s-style uh, you know, business suit uh, standing, in front, yeah, standing in front of the Superman logo with with Superman flying through it. It's, uh, it's a nice thing uh honestly my pick despite the fact that i was very mixed on the book and don't want to read any more of it alan scott green lantern yeah. had a fantastic main cover like that main cover mm-hmm. with the the shadow of the arkham uh, asylum gate like hitting them with the green light is is just wonderful it's just gorgeous it's yeah. atmospheric uh great stuff what's your pick
1: so uh there's amazon attacks has a danny uh, variant mm-hmm. that is uh, Viara that looks really cool it's, it's kind of caught her in the foreground and then like a shadow filling up the negative space behind her that looks really good you brought up that action comics cover already that was another mm-hmm. one I earmarked um, but mine it's going to be from Power Girl and it's a uh, Dodson's variant but it's got uh, Supergirl and then traditional Power Girl and then Paige and they're doing that meme of, of the, the guy turning and checking out, you know, Ooh. the other girl. But it's all three versions of Kara, basically, right? Oh, Jealous it's Girlfriend? Her...
0: But then jealous... Yeah, the Jealous okay. Girlfriend
1: one. Uh, but it's got, you know, Supergirl, and then it's got, you know, uh, Power Girl as we know her, the Karen Star version, and then the girl facing us walking by is, is the new page with the jacket and all of that. Uh, once I realized that's what it was doing, like, I already liked the Dotson's art, as it is, but that gave me quite a chuckle, so... Uh, that one's mine. Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right. R of the week.
1: Oof. I mean, let, let's, let's shout out Reese a little bit for, for beast world. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and, uh, but is there any other choice, but, but detective between the wing guard and the, uh, Jason, Sean, Alexander,
0: uh, Art. I mean, I think Penguin has a, f- a fight in the.
1: Okay. Yeah. You know. I mean, that's good too. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna disagree. But my, mine's definitely gonna be detective. I mean, it mine's is detective too. I'm just saying, Penguin, okay. I think Got I think you. is
0: you know it's worth absolutely worth throwing into the the pale here. Yeah. Uh. All right. Top five books, Matt.
1: All right. So number one is gonna be detective. Two is going to be action. Three is going to be... I'm just double-checking all of these. Uh, Three is going to be the... ping. Or no, three is going to be Titans, Beast World. Four is Titans, and five is... Wait, whoa, whoa. You said Titans twice. Oh, no, did I? So I did Detective, (laughs) Action, Titans, Penguin, and I'm trying to decide on the fifth spot if I give it to Power Girl or Flash.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what? Because I laugh so much in Flash, I'll give it to Flash.
0: Sure. Um, I will go number one, Titans Beast World. Number two, Detective. Number three, Penguin. Number four, Action. Number five, Amazon's Attack. That's, that's the, there you go top fives of the week I will now tell you what's coming next week from DC Comics we have Batman 140 Poison Ivy 17 Shazam issue 6 Birds of Prey issue 4 Blue Beetle issue 4 Fire and Ice Welcome to Smallville issue 4 Titans Beast World Tour Metropolis issue 1 Batman Santa Claus Silent Night issue 1 Titans Beast World Waller Rising issue 1 Superman 78 The Metal Curtain issue 2 and Scooby Doo, where are you one two five? So uh, it's a choir week, although the two Titans Beast World tie-ins do beef it up a bit. Uh, so mm-hmm. um I've got uh, I like think five books then. Um I smell. Yeah. actually am I reading the silent night bollocks? What, what was this again? So this
1: is that's that's Batman versus uh Santa. Oh it's Jeff I Parker.
0: Believe. Okay, yeah, we are reading this. Alright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's definitely happening.
1: Alright, so uh, I remember that. In the solicits.
0: Okay, so I've got six books then. Yeah. That's actually still a reasonable mm-hmm. amount. They've definitely beefed up the numbers a little bit from a few months ago.
1: Yeah. So looking at the Beast World one, the Waller Rising is, looks like it's just one writer. It's Chuck Brown with art by Karen Grant, or Karen Grant.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know what to expect uh, from that.
1: Yeah, uh, but it seems like it's just going to be about. It says Batwing, Vixen, Val Zod, and Black Man, Must Stop Dr. Hate. Um, so that's going to be Dr. Hate focused. And then The Metropolis has a lot more writers. It looks like there's four writers. And it's just essentially, yeah, just, you know, there's be The a Metropolis sleep- characters.
0: There's a Dan Juergen story. There's a sleeper story because mm-hmm. Nicole Maines is writing one. Yep. Uh, Joshua Williamson's doing a story.
1: And Zipperiah so. Smith yeah so and they're both 48 pages so they're not they're not too crazy um no Uh, so yeah
0: yeah. and i'll do my patreon books next week as well so that's uh that is the 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 plan for next week so yeah uh of course you could let us know what you thought of the books in the comments (laughs) And do hit the like button on YouTube, it helps more people find the show, rate the podcast five stars on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from, all those things do help, get us on the Twitter, at DC Comics Podcast, but of course you can support the show and support everything, including all the other things that Mail Fuzz Movies and Mail Fuzz TV do, by going to patreon.com slash mailfuzz TV and uh, supporting us over there, you get the comics podcast a little bit early, uh, whenever it's ready, late on the Saturday, and uh so if that sounds mm-hmm. good then go go check it out uh, but that is the show so thank you very much for joining we always appreciate it keep reading DC Comics and remember to never get lost in the Speed Force